0: But I did have dinosaur chicken nuggets for breakfast, so I have protein in my body. I am good to go.
1: (laughs) Dinosaur chicken nuggets, the fuel of champions. Forget Wheaties.
0: (laughs) It sounded good. Everybody and welcome to Book Retorts. I'm Danielle.
1: I'm Sam.
0: And this is a podcast where one of us explains a weird piece of media to the other who has no experience with it, except Sam has experience with it this week.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a part two. One of my favorite things Woo-hoo! we do because it means I have to uh, prepare less for it.
0: <laughs> it is. It is part two of the book, the Ice Bar- Bear I don't know the name of this book. <laughs>
1: Are you serious? Ice Planet Barbarians. How do I know this? Ice
0: Planet Barbarians by Ruby Dixon.
1: <laughs> I didn't remember the author, but at least you got the title right.
0: I blanked for just a brief moment.
1: <laughs> this is a ill omen for this episode.
0: <laughs> it's okay, because Sam's going to start us off. You're going to tell us what happened in the first part of this book, Sam.
1: Danielle, I literally edited our episode on this yesterday. <laughs> I and I guarantee I got nothing. this is going to be an incredible failure
0: you can do it I have faith in you you always say that and then you always have a really good summary
1: I mean good as relative but I I don't remember the protagonist's
0: name (laughs) it's It's Georgia right? Georgie. Georgie,
1: Georgie, I was Georgie close.
0: something. I don't know her last name. It's only mentioned once in the book. She has a last name. <laughs> yeah, it's mentioned at the very beginning of the book, and I didn't notice it till my second read through because oh, okay. it's never mentioned
1: ever again. I know you mentioned it in the episode. I did not retain that information. Uh, anyway, Georgie is a person who worked at a bank. And that's all we learn about her before she's abducted by sex-trading aliens. Like Absolutely. Like Sex-slave-trading aliens. So they're, they're, in, they're evil aliens who want to sell her and her companions, presumably, into some kind of sex trade.
0: There that's we what we're assuming. I mean, it's never proven, at least not thus far in the series. I can't
1: imagine what other reason would they be abducting these specific women in this specific kind of book. Right, exactly. And she is quickly thrown into a cage with some number seven-
0: women other women i don't remember the total amount sam several of them die along the way so it doesn't really oh, matter <laughs> i forgot about
1: that too because <laughs> it was so inconsequential
0: <laughs> there's another death that's super slightly inconsequential in this book too and i oh was spoilers like, oh, there's another one <laughs>
1: Anyway, she's in a cage on a spaceship, and there are women in tubes. Apparently, the, the aliens overdid their fishing trip and got too many women and decided to stick a bunch in a cage. Kind of like when you have, like, a bucket of fish on your boat, and they're like, oh, I've overfilled it. I gotta start throwing them into our beer cooler or something.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, that's what happened.
1: Look, I don't fish. I'm just, I don't know anything <laughs> about fishing, obviously, so <laughs> I'm making this up. The point is the aliens did not plan well enough for their expedition of retrieving 22-year-old women, and the criteria... That are laid out for the type of woman they retrieve are immediately contradicted and are irrelevant. So I'm not going to talk about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, the only thing they all do seem to have in common is that they're 22, which has no bearing on the plot. They're just 22. <laughs> I
1: think again, my my assertion and I stand by it is that like the human hunting license requires that human have to be at least 22 years old, so you can't like you know hunt too young a human because it would yeah, violate when the Why wouldn't you have 23,
0: 25, 27 year olds? They only have 22 year olds
1: because they're trying to get like the youngest that they legally can because that's like the most valuable. Sure.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm willing to go with it. Let's go. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Look, it's not my job to explain this book to know that's your job.
0: <laughs> I can't explain things that are not in the book. Well, you can make them up like I do. <laughs> I- I'm willing to believe that it's the best age for – this alien race that's selling to other alien races.
1: Anyway, there are two alien races on this on the ship. Neither of them are relevant to this book, so I'm just going to skip past the little green men and orange basketball looking guys because they don't matter. The point is, the ship starts having trouble. One of the women, whose name I forget because who cares, uh, has a implant that is like a universal translator. Your babblefish, Kira. Kira. Gotcha. Thank you.
0: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> She has a universal translator implanted in her ear for reasons that are entirely opaque that the aliens have done this. It seems to cause them more harm than good to have a human able to understand and eavesdrop on them. Agreed. Anyway, she overhears that the ship is having engine problems, and during a botched escape attempt, the aliens jettison the cargo part of the ship, like a pod, or it detaches or it separates like the saucer section of the Starship Enterprise and Next Generation, something like that. And instead of leaving this pod safely floating in space and orbit or someplace else, it crash lands on a planet killing two of the women. Thank you for reminding me about that, Danielle.
0: (laughs) You're welcome.
1: And it's an ice planet, hence Ice Planet Barbarians. I'm really blazing through this plot. We spent a lot of time on that (laughs) ship, but it doesn't seem to matter.
0: No, but none of that plot matters because really what matters is that they land on this ice planet.
1: Yeah, this is going to be my shortest summary yet, Danielle, (laughs) because most of the episode was just me being very frustrated by everyone making bad decisions.
0: (laughs) It's okay because I have, you know, multiple pages here. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to elaborate further on this, their plight on the ice planet. All right. So they're on the ice planet.
1: Georgie has suffered a head injury and a broken wrist, but nevertheless, she is elected to go on the expedition to scout the barren ice planet that somehow has an Earth-like atmosphere conveniently, but is not temperate enough to support human
0: life. That's because her head injury does not matter to the plot. I know In that, In fact, video, but- you're the one that brought it up. I didn't even remember she had one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, but I don't know. I'm not going to let it go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Mostly she has a broken wrist, and apparently that she blacked out earlier has no bearing on anything.
1: I'm going to insist her blackout from the first part, like her concussion from the crash landing, and her you know her blackout later when she's hanging upside down in the snare trap, uh, you know, that's a symptom of that, which just shows that all her decisions she makes from here on out are because of brain damage.
0: I feel like she might black out again. I can't quite remember.
1: So that just further supports my speculation <laughs> that this is all just her decisions are caused by brain damage. She, she's not it's behaving in a rational way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would explain a lot of this, but
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm going with it. So she goes out exploring, she's wandering through the ice, she has a gun that she can operate. She's sold from the aliens, so I'm not gonna mention it again, but there it is. And she finds a bamboo forest kind of thing full of angler fish that instead of using their anglers, is, is that the word? I don't know. <laughs> their lures (laughs) to attract other sea creatures to eat. They use their lures to try to attract land, or I guess iceberg-based prey, although they cannot pursue their prey onto the land. So it seems like a very ineffective strategy for survival for this species.
0: I don't know if that's how they attract them. It might just be part of their body. I mean, the book does not go into why they're designed the way they are. I'm
1: maintaining that because it it makes the most sense to me and seems funniest. (laughs) Anyway, Georgie barely escapes the giant fish monsters and immediately is ensnared in a hunting trap like your standard loop or tied around a tree that, like, hangs her upside down, and she blacks out immediately. (laughs) Pretty close. Well, part of that was not spot on.
0: It was, no, it was, I mean, she, right before she blacks out, she does see a big white fuzzy creature coming towards her. Oh, yeah,
1: we're about to get to him, aren't we?
0: Well, you know, I was just saying. So
1: that big white fuzzy creature is Taka? Takeo, taco taco, Tarkov,
0: <laughs> possibly Vectal. It's a little confusing Vectal. because I don't I know think why I got I got the, <laughs> their language is questionable.
1: <laughs> I got the K there. I just could not figure out what his name was. Oh, that reminds me. Oh, because he kind of looks like a wampa. I'm going to say this. They call the planet Not Hoth, which is a terrible name for a planet. <laughs> And where the planet has a name from its inhabitants. Do we ever learn that planet's like native name or do they continue to call it not haw throughout the entire no, day the series? No, we
0: absolutely do not learn their name. Well, uh there's a funny part in here where I made note of that. I'll we'll get into it.
1: I am so upset that they call it Not Haw throughout <laughs> the entire twenty-two book run. Twenty 20- Two books, run of this series.
0: I mean, maybe not. Maybe some – I'm only on the 10th book still. I have not that's, gotten any farther since last week, everybody. And that's still
1: I, 10 too many books that they should be calling it Not Hoth, and I'm <laughs> incensed about that.
0: Yeah, as far as I know, it does not have a name thus far.
1: So Vectal – I forgot his name again immediately. I don't know why it's slipping out of my brain like an eel uh, – <laughs> <laughs> he sees this upside down person who kind of smells like his species, but also doesn't and decides, oh yeah. I'm totally down with that thing.
0: I just remembered our con- your confusion on that statement I wasn't and my confused. absolute assurance that that made sense.
1: I didn't say I was confused by. it. I said it was a nonsense sentence that didn't contribute any information. Like it was, it was an empty sentence. It had no information. It didn't convey anything. It could have been removed. It would have changed anything.
0: It was saying that it looked a lot like the, their species or smelled like it, but it wasn't their species. That seems important. No, no,
1: that's not what you said. You, did, you said it smells like this thing. But doesn't smell like it, which is not the same thing.
0: It is exactly that's exactly what the author meant, Sam. I know what she meant, but that's not what was said. Okay, that's what I read it as. <laughs> it made sense to my brain. I'll just be I'll be
1: nitpicky again. You know, there was not a lot of plot to hang my hat on in that first episode, so I had to get what I could out of it. ringing that that uh, we get that soup from that stone or blood from that stone. Either way, it's blood,
0: blood, Sam. There's no soup in stones. <laughs> Stone Soup is a great story. That's that's not the expression. I know, but I want it to be because that's a good story. Okay, moving on.
1: <laughs> moving on. Vecto is totally horned up for her because his spirit thing, gooey?
0: Cooey. Cooey. K- or at least it's spelled K H U I. I'm going to admit, I'm not 100% sure how anything's said in this book. It is a sci fi fantasy. It book. could be Kahooey. <laughs> but I think. Kahooey. Kui Cooey, Kui. At one point, it's, like, written out as C-W-E-E, and I was like, is that sweet?
1: (laughs) (laughs) she changes the spelling of it? No, it's...
0: it's. um, I didn't talk about this in the first one. I wasn't going to in the second, but she... Sometimes, if you're in the perspective of Vectal, you get the English, like, what he hears in English. Oh, so you get, like, what... Or vice versa. Oh, okay. Um,
1: Like, their mispronunciation of it.
0: Yeah, and so sometimes... People, when they say something, it'll be like how it's probably Transliterated. pronounced. Transliterated. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, that's fun, I suppose. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> irrelevant. He has a – this is what I was confused by. Yeah, I know what this cooey was. First off, uh, hate the term. Still find that uncomfortable <laughs> and gross. Second, I was like, is that his spirit? And then eventually I learned that it was, in fact, a symbiotic parasite. That <laughs> is what drives their entire libido.
0: Yes. Give or and take.
1: Yeah, and now, and now I'm interested. Now you got my attention. <laughs> you had my attention, Danielle. Now you have my interest.
0: <laughs> well, you're going to learn a lot about it in the second half. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really not looking forward to that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he absconds with Georgie to a soon to be sex cave <laughs> where he just starts undressing her I and mean, being like examining her and being like, oh, I'm totally into this. But like her eyes aren't glowing, so her cooey is dead or doesn't exist but that's not going to stop me from totally macking on her and then she (laughs) wakes up to this alien dude macking on she's like yeah I'm into this which again head injury
0: (laughs) That really does explain that part. To be fair,
1: yeah. And eventually, she extricates herself from the situation by, you know, thrusting him off of her. And Vectil is confused. He's like, "Why well, isn't she totally into me?" Because apparently, they have no choice in their mating habits. It's all about what their kui's quote unquote again a term I hate resonate with.
0: Kind of, yeah,
1: yeah. And this is the part that I still don't understand: is how is his cooey? God, I can't, I'm going to say that so much. I hate saying that. <laughs> how does his Cooey resonate with her when she has no Cooey. Cause again, resonance <laughs> requires a <laughs> relationship which does not exist if you only have one. Anyway, moving past that, eventually. He's like, I'm totally going to take care of you. I know you don't have a Kui. I'm going to find you one. And she's like, I don't know what you're saying. You're speaking alien gibberish to me. They do that whole thing like, you know, me, Georgie, who you <laughs> thing, where they they do the conversation, They change the names. And I think that's where he left off.
0: <laughs> yeah, he decides that he's absolutely got to He realizes that she's probably never had a cooey and that he definitely needs to get her one or she's going to die and it's going to be awful and they'll never meet. Right.
1: And also, I want to reiterate that. I don't know how advanced their species is, but is like, oh, alien person who violates every norm of how mice be operates. Like they don't have that symbiotic relationship. It's completely alien to me. Totally cool with that. Not even they don't even blink.
0: Yes, that's a lot. There's a lot of that in this book, <laughs> which all is right. insane. <laughs> Part two. of Part two. Ice Planet Barbarians by. Ruby Part Nixon. <laughs> two
1: of forty-four.
0: We're doing all twenty-two books. <laughs> yes. All right. So, we're not, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was trying to get you to do it, Danielle.
0: <laughs> Maybe we'll get into uh, some of the other crazier books.
1: Who knows? You don't want to listen to the Ice Plum Barbarians podcast?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure That might exist, to be honest.
1: That probably does. I have not
0: looked. probably exists. Okay, so the book switches back to Georgie's perspective. As you might remember, it switches back and forth.
1: Oh, yeah, it's first person.
0: She's feeling a little guilty about enjoying her sexy times while the others are still back at the ship, which she should be.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's that, but also, like, I'm not and get into how, again, we talked about this at length in the previous episode about how ridiculous it is to have immediate sexual attraction between alien species. Like, it doesn't make any sense.
0: No, it doesn't. However, they if you don't buy into that, you're not going to buy into the rest of this book. So, I mean, I this am, I,
1: I'm going to suspend my disbelief, Kenya, but, and I hate to say this again, it's my job to nitpick as the person receiving the information from you. So,
0: absolutely. So, the next morning, they pack up and leave the cave, and she's kind of a little out of it from hunger and cold and all of and that. And have injuries. Yeah, and head injuries, and realizes (laughs) as they're traveling that he's going away from the ship. And she tries to tell him that he needs to go, like, up the mountain, not down the mountain, but he doesn't understand. Why don't you start
1: heading that way, and, like, he'll follow her, I assume.
0: Yeah, uh, I think at some point he might pick her up, because she's kind of, like, falling over a lot, says she is hungry again hungry cold does she get her like, clothes back she is wrapped i think in he gives her some furs of his okay. and he mimes that he's taking her for to eat to like get food and she decides in the end to go with him hoping that basically maybe she could bring some food to the people on the ship instead of just some random you know alien creature
1: two things i think might be wrong with this plan
0: mm-hmm.
1: actually two things one unrelated I'm assuming the title refers to him as the Ice Plant Barbarian, or are the women becoming the Ice Plant Barbarians?
0: I don't- I did not think that hard about the title, Sam. I don't know. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, uh, sorry. I just had that thought. Anyway.
0: I kind of assumed they meant the men on the planet, but I could be wrong.
1: <laughs> Either way, uh, returning to the actual plot here, we established last time the only reason she didn't lose the ship was because she could still see it. Mm-hmm. How is she going to find the ship now, which I'm assuming he's taking her out of line of sight of the ship?
0: I t- don't know, Sam. <laughs> Apparently, it's not hard to find. (laughs) Why? I mean, it's a big black blob in an otherwise serene white landscape, so.
1: But, like, anyone who's ever been, you know, in a desert or a snowscape, it's very easy to lose things. And you're like, well, it's all white in all directions. Which direction do I go?
0: Maybe she, well, she knows it's up the mountain, so that probably helps if she can keep the mountain, like, in sight. Maybe she just has a really good sense of direction. Some people do. Yes. I don't. A sense of direction do. on the
1: alien planet with <laughs> the different directions, and everything. I
0: don't know, Sam. I didn't think that hard about it. It works out fine. Well, I'm sure it does, you know. But I'm going to say it's nonsense. All right, back to Vectel. He's worried because she's sick and she needs food, and she's he's got to get that cooey inside of her. I bet he and does. <laughs> he leaves her near a boulder to hunt some food, and he makes some and wants he wants to like take down one of the I don't know. They're kind of like leopards or something. Something to, to make some clothes for her to keep her warmer. So he ends up taking down what I could only imagine is a giant porcupine, given the description, and he offers <laughs> wait, wait, her the wait, raw wait. meat.
1: Wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. This ice planet has a giant, like a porcupine is not a tundra creature.
0: <laughs> okay, well, it's spiky. I think it's a spiky thing in my head that was, I don't know, Sam, I didn't write down the description of the creature. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I really, I'm really making this hard for you, aren't I? <laughs>
0: I could go, like, if you want me to go into the book and see if I can find a description of the no, pokey creature. <laughs> I
1: don't care that much. I just really wanted to bring up how funny it would be to see just like a giant porcupine wandering around Antarctica. Sure.
0: And it might just be my imagination of what I thought the creature looked like versus any description in the book. But in my head, it's just a giant porcupine. Awesome. Yep. He cuts it up. He offers her the raw meat. And she's like, ew, no, cook it. I'm not eating that. And he's basically like, you're you're too weak like I don't have time to make a fire and like give you eat all this you're gonna die just eat it and wait so wait, 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 wait eating wait. some of it <laughs>
1: couple of things wrong with this. What? how long does it take to make a fire and cook food? It takes like half an hour, right?
0: Okay, well, yeah, but they're kind of in like a dangerous area.
1: Okay, whatever. Second point, and this returns to how hospitable this planet seems to be, eating raw meat on Earth can be dangerous.
0: Eating- okay, I have this question a lot in this book. There's a lot of raw meat that gets eaten, and yeah. it seems to have no ill effects on anybody, which seems unlikely. <laughs> also...
1: Like the biology differences, like we need very specific nutrients, you know, that we have evolved require because we evolved around things that have similar, pro- like the things we eat are specific to our needs and our environment. So, how do the like vegetables, like in their beta carotene, are they getting their vitamin A? Like, do these things exist on this planet? <laughs>
0: Uh, no, well, sort of. <laughs> like it does go a little bit into the food food sources later on. Not I'm in this book, but in general, they're all going to get scurvy.
1: Is my point? Because I doubt yeah, they're like possible. oranges. Who to give them vitamin C or something?
0: Yeah, there's a lot of meat on this planet, um, and at some point they do start kind of farming some vegetables. So they are getting some nutrients, as you said. I highly doubt they're getting all the nutrients, but maybe maybe the animals have different properties. Sam, I don't know.
1: I mean, I'm just saying. I don't think that an alien planet would would meet the nutritional profile of human meat. like there's no way that it would be like oh yeah the exact same micronutrients you need from earth are on this alien planet
0: (laughs) do not disagree however none of them seem to die from scurvy so i think it's fine
1: (laughs) that's too bad i want to see like (laughs) Unless let are see them all die from scurvy. All
0: right. Anyway, she eats the raw meat. She's feeling a little bit fuller, but super grossed out. And he takes her to the hot springs to drink a little bit of water and take a bath as well. Because as you might recall, she's still covered in alien goo.
1: And also the filth of all her mingled companions.
0: And like two weeks of on, of being on a ship. Yes. So he shows her how to get rid of the fish monsters. Because the fish monsters, as as you mentioned, are in the hot springs or in the, the flowing water. So apparently this involves using these like red berries that everybody seems to care around with them on this planet. And when you mash them up, they kind of create a lather like soap. Ooh. I know. And if you throw bath. It in- <laughs> and if you throw it in the river, it clears the area because they apparently really, really hate these berries. And they also use the berries for cleaning. So Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. I guess some creatures just don't like soap.
0: But yeah. They don't want to be clean. They're dirty fish.
1: Oh, Danielle, please don't say that in the context <laughs> of this book. It gives the wrong idea. <laughs>
0: Alright, so she gets to take her first bath in two weeks and during it, obviously, she flirts with him a bit because she's trying to convince him to take her back up the mountain. She says it's very mercenary but she's got to do what she's got to do. <laughs>
1: she is way into like, she's she is lying to herself. She is totally into this alien creature.
0: Yeah, she pretty quickly realizes she's actually attracted to him. Ugh. But in any case, she's trying to convince him to take him up to the mountain and also, of note, it doesn't actually happen in this scene, but of note, they don't kiss. Like, they, this speci- this species may like humans, but doesn't kiss on the mouth. And I think that's probably unlikely, given that they do everything else that humans do.
1: Yeah. And I also don't think they would do everything that humans do. Like, we again, we talked about this before. I I don't mean to beat the same drum over and over again, but I don't think alien anatomy would be compatible with human anatomy.
0: Well, it is in this book, more or less. And- (laughs) <laughs> so after the bath, they start – he agrees, basically. He's like, okay, yeah, sure, the mountain. And he's confused, obviously. And after the bath, they head back up the mountain. But she starts to get really, really cold as they're they're hiking up it. She's just – partly because she just got wet, so her hair and everything.
1: She didn't dry off after getting – that's, that's hypothermia right there.
0: <laughs> right. But he – they get into this a little bit later. Because he has the cooey in him, he doesn't get cold. Right. Like, this, this temperature right now, which is, like, a fair – like, it's cold. Cold, but it's not like it's in the 30s or whatever. It's cold for humans, but not cold to him. And so he doesn't, th- he didn't think about it.
1: A cooey is like a portable space heater inside your body.
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> These things are wild.
0: <laughs> I know. We'll get more into them. But yeah, they're crazy.
1: <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, maybe it gets in sort, long of, but this whole cooey thing seems overly complicated for a sexy romp.
0: <laughs> it gets worse, Sam. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm not saying I'm not into it. I mean, I love that they put this much thought and effort into this completely sort of weird world building. It just seems like way more effort than is warranted.
0: <laughs> I love it. Uh so she gets super cold and he stops at a cave trying to like get her inside and she's she starts to think about the girls back. She's like I can't stay another night and not, you know, take somebody back to the to the other woman there and get them out of the ship. So she starts to feel really guilty and so she storms off. She's like I'm not going into that. She can't express that to him because they don't speak the same language and she like storms off trying to get away from him like I have to go up the mountain, follow me up the mountain kind of thing, mm-hmm. as you said earlier. And as she storms off, she manages to immediately fall off of a cliff. <laughs> She's
1: incredible. Just the best.
0: <laughs> it's like there's like a ledge of snow and she doesn't realize that there's no nothing underneath it. And so she steps into it, falls off the cliff and into a snowbank below that's like inside of a crevice. <laughs>
1: so she gets trapped in a snowbank crevice, presumably now... Vectal cannot locate her.
0: Well, he knows where she went down. Like, he saw her go down. So he's up above, but he's just having a hard time getting down because the crevice is kind of tight, you know? Like, he's a big dude. He's seven feet plus tall, and she's tiny. Oh, yeah. Uh uh (laughs) Uh-huh, (laughs) uh-huh. We're not even going to get into the specifics of that, Sam. And Yeah, thankfully. (laughs) He comes. He's trying to find her. And she's kind of in the dark, you know, it's just like the light from above that's shining down. Otherwise, it's pretty dark in there. And she sits up and she realizes suddenly that there are two dozen eyes watching her in the dark.
1: Uh, So it does the like cartoon eye thing where the (laughs) eyes glow in the dark, which does not happen in real life? I
0: don't think it's quite that dark. She also describes what she sees. So I think it's just maybe twilighty in there. All right. The creatures that are watching her are bipedal. They're tall. They have fish-like faces, tails, and are fur-covered. They're like little yetis.
1: (laughs) All right. First off, this sounds very much like the time machine, with like the Morlocks and and the other – I can't remember the other ones. (laughs) But Second, I swear, if this is another viable mating species, I will be very upset with this book.
0: No, but you're going to love the name of them. So (laughs) (laughs) one hoots at her, the sound querulous. she says. So they're just staring at her. And she says uh, that they remind her a bit of the Wookiees but taller.
1: Okay, so they're like but wookies aren't fish-like in any way.
0: And she said I remind her a little bit of them. It's cuz she's stuck authors. in her Star Wars like world. Yeah.
1: This author really wanted to put as many Star Wars references in this book as possible. There are several. <laughs>
0: so Vectel's above trying to get down and she's not quite sure what to do he's like yelling out to her but she doesn't know if he means like run for it or stay still or like what yeah but she holds her hand out either in greeting or for them to sniff because they seem a little feral you know and as she as she does that they start to go bananas and they like leap on her and they're trying to tear her to pieces essentially Aww. I know a roar from above echoes through the cavern and Vectal finally drops to the ground with a blade in his hand and he swings through the creatures as they go flying and he picks her up and haul are off and runs away.
1: Ooh, sexy vectal to the rescue.
0: Woohoo! So per vectal, I don't know how to pronounce this name. I should read you this passage in the book that tries to explain how to say it. These are called (laughs) metlax, metlax, metlocks, M-E-T-L-A-K-S. M-E-T-L-A-K-S.
1: Metlocks.
0: Metlocks. That's how I said it in my brain. Metlock, metlock. Mottlocks. And are wild, vaguely- to say it sounds like the Morlocks from I know that's Tiger why that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and they're kind of like wild vaguely intelligent beasts that roam the lands and they tend to uh, to attack but they're kind of scaredy cats so if you fight them they tend to run off
1: got it so Fun. he starts
0: he starts a fire and borrows furs from some of the from some of the other hunter caves that they find this time he ends up cooking the food for her though he thinks that's super weird because nobody cooks food where he lives
1: that is wild cooking food is great that's so clean. <laughs> like i just some speculation, and again, I'm not an anthropologist, but that the ability to cook food and, you know, basically pre digest it, freeing up energy for other things and getting more energy from your food is what allowed our brains to consume so much more energy proportionally than other creatures' brains and sort of helped our brains grow to their stupid size that they are so now.
0: It doesn't get into it in this book, but in future books, it mentions that, the, it, well, it seems to suggest that the reason why they eat raw meat, among other stuff, they have really well-seasoned food, is because for whatever insane reason, when they have a cooey, their senses get dulled. For, like taste and so the taste is stronger when it's raw than when it's that
1: cooked. doesn't make any sense
0: it's cooking, crazy Sam. Cooking <laughs> adds
1: so much flavor to food like you can season it you can like char you can get texture that's nonsense yeah
0: and they do do like a um do do no, <laughs> <laughs> they do a like dried like that like a um, like a jerky that they do, so they sure. do cook it on occasion or smoke it or whatever. But they, they don't. They do that
1: jerky. They do. Got it.
0: <laughs> but but they don't cook it to eat as like a meal.
1: I don't. I mean, I'm not saying you have to cook food to have a brain that evolves to consume enough energy to be sentient, as we would classify it, like human level of sentience. But I don't know. It seems especially on like an ice planet where they already make fires, right? They already yeah. use heat of fire. It seems like a very natural thing that would follow immediately from having fire.
0: They just don't like the taste of it. I don't know, Sam. It doesn't ever get into the specifics as to why. Except that later some of the when people have the cooies, they some of them eat raw meat, some of them don't. Just depends on what they like.
1: Is there a disease on this planet? Like, are there bacteria? Or is it like the raw meat's probably just safe to eat? There are no salmonella or anything? The raw meat
0: just seems totally fine to eat. Like, sometimes people get sick, but it's not from that.
1: Okay. Well, fine. (laughs)
0: Right, anyway, they agree you on know, their, their broken languages to go to the mountain tomorrow. So she's
1: going to spend another night with still yeah, well, in a crevice.
0: Now she's all like bruised and broken and not doing well and cold. So, so, so they this play. is,
1: it feels kind of like a reverse Florence Nightingale thing, where it's like she has to be taken care of. That whole fantasy is being done here. Yes. Like the baby bird being nursed back to health, that kind of, you know, oh, he's so gentle and takes care of her. I get that. That seems like the fantasy is being made here.
0: <laughs> yes. That's a big theme, particularly in this book.
1: Yeah all right i'm not surprised it seems like something that's very prevalent well you want to show that
0: he's super nice sam Mm
1: -hmm.
0: he's (laughs) He's not gonna take advantage of her yeah he's a good provider (laughs) get down to like base qualifications here
1: he'll defend their children from the wookie like fish creatures
0: i mean on this planet isn't that really what you're looking for in a man
1: (laughs) i don't know i'm looking for a man on this planet in the first place
0: um i have comments about this once we get through the book uh can't wait so they play they're in the cave they're playing a game of like what's this in their languages? essentially you know pointing to everything they can trying to learn each other's words yeah that's eventually turns into sex obviously
1: (laughs) wow he's like what's this oh it's my penis
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) kind of he tries to like get out of it because he's like no you know that's like not something that you want and she's like nah i do let's have sex
1: (laughs) Isn't she like so, very bruised and injured? Like this is not the kind of physical position no, you should be engaging in. <laughs> She's totally in game. When you're <laughs> at a oh, this makes no. This is gratuitous.
0: Yeah, according to this book, the only thing that ever is continuously wrong with her is her wrist.
1: <laughs> not her fall. Didn't like sprain an ankle. Not like her being weak and cold. Like I don't know how her libido works, but most people that I know, their libido is not like oh, I am in a lot of pain, severely injured, and very weak. What I want is some very hard physical exertion.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's what they're doing here. Maybe it heals, Sam. I don't know. So the best part of this, and the reason why I mention it, is because uh, Georgie immediately assumes in the book that she can't get pregnant because they're different species, which seems like a wildly major assumption to make on an alien planet (laughs) (laughs) of a humanoid creature.
1: I would make the same assumption because, again, pregnancy is a very specific thing that requires a very specific 26 chromosome pair thing from humans and to match up, right? Like, you can't do it without the exact match of the chromosomes and DNA. So I would assume aliens probably aren't – even on Earth, humans can't get pregnant from other things, thankfully.
0: Yeah, but we don't have other humanoid creatures on planet Earth.
1: And that's true. We did have – when we had Neanderthals around, they could crossbreed with – See, uh, I don't
0: think I would assume it. I just don't think I would. If they looked, like, relatively kind of human-esque, I'd be worried. I'm not saying I wouldn't have sex with them. I'm just saying I'd be worried.
1: <laughs> Wait, you saying you would have sex with them, Danielle? Let's get back know. to that. I
0: don't know. If I'm stuck on an alien planet, how do I know, Sam?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you you are suddenly... I, I don't know if you're, you're more adventurous than I am in that regard, but thank you for admitting that on tape. You're gonna but, be
0: on, You're going to be on a planet for the rest of your life. I mean, maybe. <laughs>
1: You got me there. Point is, I would not assume you can get pregnant, but I also think that it's nonsense that they're sexually compatible in the first place in any way. So at that point, I'd be like, well, maybe you could get pregnant because that right. doesn't if make that's any sense. Right, that's what I'm
0: saying. If you're already sexually compatible, if you have the same part body parts, give or take, like, I would kind of assume maybe you could get pregnant by this alien species.
1: Danielle, do we have to experience alien pregnancy in this book? Please tell me no.
0: I'm not going to tell you. Oh, that's a bad sign! <laughs> Sam, I wouldn't even tell you if they did or if they didn't. Like, even if they didn't, I wouldn't tell you.
1: I know, but still, I am I just assume the worst, Danielle.
0: <laughs> Go ahead. So the next morning, he goes out before they leave for the mountain. He goes out to check his traps and make sure he likes food and all that good stuff. And as he's on his way back, he sees an oddly shaped lump in the snow. And as he approaches it, he realizes it's another human that is frozen solid. Dun, dun, dun.
1: So one of the other women left the ship and died, or is this one of the ones that was ejected from the ship during the crash landing?
0: Nobody was ejected from the ship. No. They're all in the ship.
1: Ah, uh, I don't know. I don't know how they died. I thought they might have been, like,
0: thrown out of the, the hole. Which, now that I think about it, there's, like, just two dead bodies in the ship, which is creepy. Yeah.
1: Did they, like, just say, like, well, no, we're going to let those bodies rot in the corner?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hope they put them out of the hole and left them in the snow.
1: <laughs> At least that would preserve them prevent them from turning, you know, putrid.
0: Yeah, that's gross. Anyway... He suddenly realizes it's a it's a, it's another female, and he well, realizes duh. that's There's why she's. There's no other she's... kind of humans anywhere. <laughs> well, I'm in just this... saying you don't know that Sam. You don't know the plot of this book. There could be a whole other humanoid group on the other side of the planet. I, I don't think there are any more
1: humans that were accidentally dropped on this planet by aliens abducting them for a sex slave. You don't know that. <laughs> I don't know that, but I do know enough about this type of book to assume it's one of the other women from the ship.
0: So he realizes when he sees her that that's why she's so keen to get up the mountain, that there are others up there like her. And obviously. he's like, jackpot! <laughs> well, that. And he also is like, oh, well, yeah, now we really have to go up the mountain. So at least he has a reason why he's have to go back up this random mountain away is from Is he his... just like,
1: oh, great, more completely sexually open women that will be totally into my alien physique?
0: It does come up. <laughs> get yeah, i get to <laughs> No kidding. Not with him though. We'll get there Sam.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: So he heads back to the cave. He's very shaken and she he kind of like, you know, directs her out out of it and wants to show her what he found. And she follows him and he shows her the girl. And it's the last girl who came onto the ship. Oh, the um, one
1: who was already assaulted.
0: Yes. And so apparently she ended up somehow out in her pajamas out in the middle of nowhere. Crazy. Yeah. So they hurry up the mountain while Georgie worries about like what happened, if something's going on in the ship, like why she would have, would have left without any kind of, you know, why they didn't give any clothes or anything to wear. I know what happened. And what?
1: They started playing a game of Survivor. Like, <laughs> yes. ship, survivor, ice planet, survivor. And she got voted off the island or
0: the ship, I guess. And i was running going. out of food after the last two days.
1: <laughs> I like the idea of them like, okay, guys, we're bored here. Uh, who wants to play survivor? We'll have some challenges. We'll get like know, Jeff Probst lookalike to play the host. Not what happened. <laughs> All right. Is that his name? Jeff Probst? What? Is that his name? The host of survivor? Just <laughs> Sam, Jeff, Probst?
0: I don't remember. <laughs> I'm moving this up. Vitally it important is Jeff Probst. Good job. <laughs>
1: I'm
0: not impressed because you remember all sorts of things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever really watched Survivor like an entire season.
0: <laughs> and that is impressive. I'll, I'll take it back. <laughs> So they finally make back to the ship, and Georgie calls out to all the the women as she climbs up trying to get in, and they're alive, Sam! Yay! Well,
1: mostly. They've lost three.
0: (laughs) They've lost three already. Three insignificant deaths, apparently.
1: No death insignificant, Danielle. Show some compassion. (laughs)
0: <laughs> they have names, I guess. She introduces them to Vectel, and they are excited by the prospect of food and fire and and, against, sex. and Well, they haven't gotten that far. And Georgia oh, gives away all her furs, which Vectel is not happy about. So he is only attracted to her, to be clear in
1: this story. His cooey only resonates for her.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's like a possessive yeah. thing. Like, that's my girl. Nobody I else. I,
1: I don't know about that.
0: <laughs> I don't think people cheat on other people. Well, if they sort have no of. choice in the ma- in that. No, earth, like well, is- Sam, we, this book doesn't get into it, but there are, like I said before, there are couples that resonate that aren't like don't want to be together. They don't like each other, so they stay with each other during the resonance period, which we'll get into. I can't get into the specifics yet because it's funny. Is this
1: like in Star Trek when you have the Pon Far and the Vulcans every seven years have sort to meet where they die? <laughs>
0: Sort of. We'll get into it. <laughs> when we get into it, I will explain it further, Sam.
1: <laughs> so, I don't know why that – this author makes a lot of Star Wars references, and I am making a lot of Star Trek references. I don't know what's going on here.
0: <laughs> we just, you know, see whichever side of the group of things that you like is on. You are more into Star Trek. She's more into Star Wars. <laughs> that, I mean, that's not necessarily vibes. true. That's not true. I'm into both. You are, but – yeah, I don't know. I'd if say I'm more into Star them. Trek. Re- Star Trek references come up way more with you than Star Wars references. Do. Sure,
1: but like I haven't read the Star Trek books, <laughs> but <laughs> I've read true. more of the Star Wars books. <laughs> Again, middle school was a difficult time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> all right. Anyway, they realize that Kira can understand him because she has that translator in her ear.
1: Oh, that's very convenient.
0: Yeah, so that was when I realized that the that the translator wasn't just like a one language translator. It apparently translated all the languages in the
1: world. (laughs) That's so much more powerful. Why don't you waste that on one of your cattle?
0: I don't know. It's wild, and they immediately all find out that she's been having sex with him. Can he, he just mis- like tell them? Well, he misinterprets something that Georgie says. She's, she's like pointing to the food he has, like food hanging from his belt, like the animals that he killed earlier. And she, he hanging thinks from she's pointing belt. to his junk? Yeah, like she points to it. Like I want, like, can we eat the food? And she's like, he says, "You want to mate here right now?" And that's when the woman's like, "You mated with him." <laughs> like
1: that is like a sitcom level misunderstanding. It was
0: pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, he's delighted someone can understand him, and he goes off to find firewood and food for them, basically telling them to take good care of his mate while he's gone, and Georgie's like, Excuse me, what? We're mates? No, we're not. We're not mates. I like, can't <laughs> understand her. And by
1: every definition, you are now mates. Like you have mated. As far
0: like as far as she knows, yeah, she's just having sex with random aliens without knowing anything that actually signifies on this planet. This is why
1: this is Nanda. Like this is there's a <laughs> there are pitfalls here cultural and biological pitfalls.
0: Nope, she's having sex with him, Sam.
1: Great. So, she probably has STDs. Alien STDs.
0: <laughs> that's not a thing on this planet. I mean, why wouldn't it be? You don't know! <laughs> this is so dangerous! <laughs> well, she doesn't know that, but there aren't, so it's fine.
1: <laughs> they didn't even use protection.
0: <laughs> no, they did not. They did not have alien condoms on this planet. <laughs> I mean, to be fair,
1: they just use regular human condoms because apparently they're she exactly like the they same. To,
0: they were all in bed when they were abducted. It's not like they just happened to have them in their pockets.
1: <laughs> you don't keep condoms on at all times just in case you need to make a balloon animal?
0: Oh, dang it. I sometimes do. I forgot.
1: Yeah. No, nobody does
0: that. (laughs) Vector runs off to get food and he's contemplating, as you mentioned earlier, Sam, that there are five other females in this group. So apparently there's six total.
1: Well, left alive plus plus three other six (laughs) in
0: So nine, there were nine, plus the six and dupes. Yeah. So you find out that uh, in his head, you find out that there are only five adult females in his tribe, and there are over 20 unmated males. And Why?
1: Why is that the biological ratio of the species?
0: Well, I don't think it necessarily always was. It doesn't get into it in this book. It does get into it in further books that there was a like cooey sickness where a bunch of people got really sick and their cooies died and they didn't make it. And like they lost a lot of people during that time.
1: And it mostly affected the females.
0: Well, I think it was just they didn't have that big of a population to begin with, and apparently more females ended up dying than males.
1: This is – yeah, okay. I'm not going to tie into (laughs) current geopolitics.
0: (laughs) So he's – I don't think they've ever been a big population, because we'll get into that in a little bit. He's excited that it's a possibility that he could bring five females who could have the potential to resonate with a person to the group, and it could bring their small dying tribe back to life.
1: No, your children will be abominations.
0: (laughs) Maybe. You'll find out. Maybe.
1: (laughs) I I, I don't mean to prejudge, but, like, there is a minefield of genetic disorders that can, like, even humans, when we reproduce, we have problems with our, you know, our offspring can have genetic disorders, or uh, this is just a natural part of how DNA works in reproduction. Now you take a whole alien set of DNA and throw it in there, like, who knows what that's going to do? Like, I I would be so concerned about like, what would happen? Not necessarily that it's morally wrong, but that you're going to have a person who can't accept a cooey or like is going to have like a genetic disorder because, you know, whatever human blood cells don't work in their bodies and the oxygen or something doesn't get trained Like, like mitochondria, like those are bacteria like, <laughs> that live in our cells that like we need for energy that might not exist on this planet. Like, okay, Sam, insane. you are
0: way overthinking a sci-fi romance book.
1: <laughs> Danielle, I know I am. That's my job. <laughs> That's <I'm> on your
0: <laughs> None of that ever comes up. Uh, and the i And going keep them relatively like, healthy, so they'll be fine.
1: <laughs> I want to see, like, oh, this this takes me back to the Madden Langle book. <laughs> <laughs> like, Swiftly Tilting Planet, maybe, or one of those. Uh, time, the original, uh huh. Yeah, the the time, not the time warp trio. What does she call those books? Doesn't matter. <laughs> But well the one where they go inside like Charles Wallace's cells and dance around with his mitochondria to yes. resurrect his disease. Like
0: Wild Books, man.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I wanna see like that on this. Like I wanna see them having to deal with like the mitochondria of humans. Not like we don't know how to work with alien cellular structures. We're not, you know, getting ATP or whatever from this. Like, like
0: Nope. None of that happens.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a real disappointment. I want to see that crossover. <laughs>
0: All right. Anyway, they live a long time, thanks to their cooies Uh, he's excited about the. I don't know, Sam. A couple hundred years, and they seem very excited <laughs> about the females. Questions,
1: big questions. When I say year, like, are the years on this planet the same as Earth years, and are we'll the days the same Ooh, length? We do
0: get into that.
1: Okay. Okay. Good.
0: <laughs> uh For once in our and in this book, we do have an answer to that question.
1: Because <laughs> you did specifically tell me last time that I should ask questions about other books and you would answer those questions if That's they were answered in the other books. So I am going all in on the lore You can ask here. as
0: many questions as you want to. I may or may not have answers. I'm sorry, everybody, that I haven't finished all 22 of these books.
1: <laughs> Never apologize for that, Danielle. Never. <laughs>
0: Okay, So the problem, obviously, is that the humans don't have cooies, and before long, they will stick it and die, because that's what happens on their planet with the, the alien species, with his species, if they don't get a cooey.
1: I still don't think an alien symbiotic parasite is going to work with humans. I just don't no. buy it.
0: <laughs> well, too bad it's a book. The, <laughs> so the other girls are worse off because they haven't had food and warmth, and they'll succumb if they don't get their cooies, but because – she, Georgie has been like well taken care of in the last few days. She's doing much better than they are. I thought they had a week's worth of food on the ship. They have. It's only been a couple of days though. So then how come they're so weak from lack of food? I think it's just that they've been cold and they haven't been exercising and they haven't had much food. They had like, just, they're like little, they call them like seaweed bars or something in the. Danielle, let
1: me tell you from experience. Two to three days without exercising is not going to make you frail. Like, that's a weekend for me. <laughs> well, this
0: is, they've been, a lot of them have been on the ship for, uh, I mean, she was, uh, Georgie was on the ship for two weeks, and there were ones that were on there like weeks and weeks and weeks before. Okay, her. that's a fair so, point. So, <laughs> I mean, some of these people are pretty frail, I think.
1: All right, that's fair.
0: So, Vecton returns and makes a fire and cooks his kills for them, and they tell her that the woman who was found dead outside just took off running one day and they couldn't find her. Like,
1: they she, she got be, all, uh, she just was, freaked out and
0: she left cabin fever there it is exactly and they couldn't find her and this book really just kills people at random Is what we've learned
1: yeah and and any character who has not had a significant speaking role up to this point is disposable
0: you know there's like yeah but i mean there's a whole group of there's there's gonna be 12 girls at some point so you know we've only learned three of their names for real all right. So that night, Vectel tries to get some, but Georgie's like, geez, not in front of the others, which apparently is not a big deal in his tribe. So he's like, okay, fine, but it's not that big a deal.
1: <laughs> Here's what I want to see happen. I want to have, like, Kira there, you know, as the, like, translator, like, okay, what he's saying now is you need to put your leg up to the left.
0: <laughs> <laughs> None of that's happening. But all, right, so all, all the right. girls, because the ship, they're all in the ship. They're just like, it's not that big of a ship. So all the girls are like, "Yes, eh, shut up, get a room. <laughs> Which is funny. No, of course. So the next day he tells them that he can't take them all with him to his tribe as is because there's not enough clothes or food or anything to go around. They'll all die, you know, <laughs> like it's a two-day yeah. trip. and
1: they're going to freeze to death like the nameless person. Yeah, so
0: he'll, so he'll take, she has a name, but she just, <laughs> she Dominique, thing, yeah. Dominique is her name and she just dies immediately.
1: <laughs> all right, fair enough. I guess that shows me how to treat these people <laughs> with respect.
0: They all have names. So he'll take Georgie and come back with others from his tribe and supplies and they're disappointed but they're excited to find out that he has like an entire tribe of people and a potentially warm place for them to stay.
1: I mean, that's a good point. It and is. also here, let me shove this alien parasite inside of you.
0: <laughs> he's also the tribe leader well, which she finds out and Georgie How laughs. convenient. Yeah, I know. She laughs because he, she says she should have known that because he's so bossy. <laughs> that was funny.
1: Oh, I'd more like, to, oh, of course she found the alien prince.
0: I know, she does. That's why the book's starts with her. She tries to tell him they actually have twelve girls that need help, six in the tubes and and them, but he doesn't get it, and she gives up very quickly, saying, "Oh, it'll be a fun surprise for later." No, which seems like a terrible idea. This is
1: like what's her face not telling Georgie about what happened if you make too much noise on the ship in the cage. Like, yeah,
0: it's crazy. Like these no. are these are big things. These are important things that could change planning or things that you do, and they just don't tell. Like you're getting more
1: furs back if you Exa- have more women. Oh,
0: Sam, I get like there's a part where I get mad. <laughs> <laughs> i'm already mad <laughs> it's, it's great so it's a two-day journey because georgie's slow and they set out for the tribe and they stop that evening at a like a big cave and it's a little bit different than the other caves they've been to it's obviously much larger on the inside the walls are smoother they're not like rocky they're made out of ice it seems like
1: ooh, ice cave
0: as they're settling in for the night georgie notices a light behind one of the cave walls and Vectal explains that this is the cave of elders. Cave How does he, of, he
1: explain this? Okay,
0: okay, he doesn't actually explain it to her. He just explains it. And she's like, oh, uh-huh, sure. <laughs> she so can't we're understand from his perspective. A word.
1: So he's explaining it to us, the audience.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He explains that it's the cave of elders, the cave of stars, and that it's full of magic. And she obviously doesn't understand what he's saying and heads over to the wall to check it out, trying to see, you know, what's behind it. And she suddenly realizes, Sam, that it's a spaceship.
1: So... These aliens are also marooned from space faring race. We're gonna find planet. out a
0: lot more shortly, Sam. That's
1: crazy. There's <laughs> we'll get like, there. again, I don't wanna beat this drum, but there's no way a species that like is not indigenous to a planet could fit so perfectly into its ecosystem. I mean, we can't even take species from different parts of this planet to other parts without them wrecking havoc.
0: Are you done? We'll get into it. <laughs> get into it. <laughs>
1: Uh, I mean, again, I really want an oncologist or <laughs> someone to comment on this.
0: Okay, I'm not going to say that this explains everything, but it explains a lot. Okay. So she begins digging at the ice wall with a knife. but Vectel comes forward with a torch to melt the ice instead, which obviously is a lot faster. Is this not sacrilege? <laughs> mm-hmm. No. Apparently not. I mean, he's going me to destroy our holy cave of
1: ancestors. That's
0: <laughs> not like a holy cave, because again, we never have a religious concept outside oh. of that one phrase from the first book where said right, right, something right, right. about the gods or whatever. But like, <laughs> this is just like a, a cave that they know has something to do with their ancestors. It's not like a holy space or anything. They just use it for camping sometimes. Got it. So she uncovers a control panel as the ice melts. And she obviously is super intrigued by this and wonders if it can somehow get them home. And the lights are flickering, like the lights flickering on one of the buttons. And it seems to suggest it's at least partially functional.
1: Ooh.
0: I know. So after much thought where she realizes, like, I could stay on this ice planet with this alien man and be happy, probably, because, you know, I'm kind of into him. But it's not really fair to the other girls to not give them the option of potentially going home if they want to. She decides to push the button that's blinking. Always Well, good idea. That-
1: yeah, like, you have no idea what that button means. It could be the self-destruct.
0: Right, and she even says that in the book, like, was it a stupid idea? Yes, but I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> that doesn't justify, like,
1: saying you know something is stupid to do it doesn't make it less stupid to do it.
0: Yeah, on the other end of that, Sam, it's like, well, like, does she just ignore this thing?
1: <laughs> no, she makes a note of where it is. She gets food and supplies to her friends first, and then they can discuss what to do with that ship after everyone is no longer in mortal peril.
0: But then the rest of the plot wouldn't happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, excuse me for being rational.
0: <laughs> After a few moments, she pushes it. After a few moments, the system seems to be booting up. It does not self-implode, so we're fine.
1: No, oh, darn.
0: <laughs> and a voice speaks out loud from the computer, obviously, asking a question in a language she's unfamiliar with. And she, like, says out loud, like, I don't understand what you're asking me. And to her surprise, it switches to English, Sam.
1: Another universal translator. I How know, convenient. Con-
0: confirming whether she'd like to switch to Earth English. Which seems is just there are non Earth Englishes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know that there funny. are uh, there are many plans within England on them, and <laughs> England really when they when they colonized they colonized hard. Daniel, he didn't know they colonized <laughs> space too.
0: I thought it was funny. You're like, would you like to switch to Earth English? I was like, no, no I'm I want to Mars what? English. <laughs> Wild. It made me laugh when I read it. The system finally fully loads and tells her the environmental controls have come online. And would she like to stay within the human habitat of 72 degrees Fahrenheit, ideal temperature, or the ideal temperature for the modified sock? S-A-K-H, which is 37 degrees.
1: Okay. First off, why isn't the ship using standard units? And-
0: I think it did say Celsius, and then it also says Fahrenheit.
1: Sure. Well, I'm just upset with this ship.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it said both, and I just put the Fahrenheit because... I was I'm summarizing gonna have so many questions clear. about
1: how it knows. Clear not a word. <laughs> I'm, I'm ignoring that, Danielle. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> <Just> moving you. <laughs> on. You're welcome. I'm just, again, there better be a dark explanation for how this ship has such intimate knowledge of human civilization that is fairly recent.
0: Yes. I mean, okay, we get into it more later, but let me get through what we have here, and then you can ask okay. questions if you have them.
1: <laughs> okay. No, I mean, I'm going to have them, but go for it.
0: So she asks what a modified sock is, and the sack—I don't know—and the Sock-y! computer.
1: Come the sake, on.
0: And the computer tells her the life form next to her is a, is a sock life form, modified for habitation on this planet. And she's like, mm, "He's not from this planet." <laughs> like, yeah, I put that what?
1: together already. If this is a cave of ancestors, oh, she didn't know those cave of ancestors, but that's no, fine. she didn't know that.
0: <laughs> And the computer tells her that Sock originated from a planet called Kes, K E S. It's three sure. three point two million parsecs from Earth, and this planet is five point eight million parsecs.
1: That's insane. <laughs> Does she know how big a parsec is? No, she's
0: like that. Seems like it's probably pretty far away, but I don't know. Not the author. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Was, was it three point two six light years? Three point two million parsecs from Earth and five point eight million. Yeah. So it's like. 15
1: to 20 million light years. Okay, well, that's far away. How so, big is the universe? Is that way bigger <laughs> than the universe? Let me look this up.
0: It's another universe. It's another solar system, Sam.
1: No, the, the entire universe might be smaller than that.
0: <laughs> well, you think. I mean, we don't know. We're humans.
1: Sam <laughs> uh, so needs to know. I need to know how big... I put these numbers is. in
0: here specifically because I thought you might have something to say about them.
1: So, the universe is the edge of the observable universe is 14.3 billion parsecs.
0: So, we're good at 3.2 million and 5.8 million.
1: Okay. We're within the observable universe. Sure. <laughs> You're
0: it's feeling also. Better? Like
1: crazy size. It's also ins- it's like an
0: insane distance. <laughs> okay, well, they're really far away, Sam. And How do they get there? So, like,
1: I got, I, I'm more curious now about the alien spaceships and how they had, like, <laughs> such, like, crazy FTL drives, like, faster than, like, travel. That's insane.
0: I mean, they have been traveling for a good solid week, week and a half.
1: <laughs> Let me just also read this quick line from Wikipedia as I looked up the observable universe size, because I think it's very really funny. <laughs> the diameter is about 28.5 gigaparsecs, or 93 billion light years years which equals 880 yata meters so there
0: you go good to know it's <laughs> like nonsense words i mean really
1: oh i'm sorry this book doesn't have <laughs> nonsense words in it you just called a planet "kess."
0: yeah uh, yeah well it's what's called i mean i didn't make it up <laughs> i didn't make
1: up yata meters either
0: i mean you might have i you, to be fair anybody writes in wikipedia it could be a made-up word
1: no that's one of these si prefixes it's fine all right Anyway, so, back to this insane ship.
0: She asks where she is, and it tells her that her species hasn't discovered the solar system yet. You think? So, okay, great. I know. I Thank was like, you. duh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the current location is the second planet in this binary sun system. Actually, I should go back because this is, she says, where is she? She wants to know the name of the planet. And the, the computer says, you know, this planet has many names depending on language and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, basically, it's just so we can continue calling it not Hoth. <laughs>
1: That's insane. Also, like, this planet has many names depending on the language, but the planet Cass only has one name in every one language. Name. I know.
0: Wild. <laughs> I was Earth like, that specifically so they could continue calling it what also, they were calling it for.
1: Hum- again, humans are very unimaginative. We call our planet Earth because, like, it's dirt. We just, like, so why <laughs> do other species not call their planets, like, why do they have weird names of just being like, oh, yeah, our planet is called Earth too in our language? Like, this is just Earth in our language. <laughs>
0: it could be. Maybe that's what Cass means.
1: <laughs> but, like, when it's translated to human speech, it should be called Earth then. Like, it's just I
0: don't know, man. Can't tell you. I found that funny. All right. So the current location is the second planet in the binary sun system, this binary sun system. It's got a 372.5 day sun orbit. Sure. And it rotates every 27.2 hours.
1: Yep. And I'm sure the the moon doesn't have any effect on that like ours does.
0: (laughs) Is this the one that had multiple moons or does this one have multiple suns?
1: Well, it's a binary star system, so it's got to have multiple suns.
0: It's, uh, of course, it had the two suns. It had the two little suns and one moon correctly. Okay. apparently the ship was a sock pleasure cruiser and oh due to no a, <laughs> and due to a solar storm it had to seek shelter on the planet and then due to some technical difficulties it couldn't leave but you want to hear the technical difficulties or sam was thought, like the was toilets didn't work <laughs> no the difficulties are that the ship was keyed to a specific pilot who experienced heart failure and a secondary was unavailable to pilot and though a distress signal was launched it malfunctioned and then no other attempts were made
1: <laughs> that's ridiculous <laughs> That's the dumbest like, thing I've ever heard what? in my life. <laughs>
0: That's so stupid.
1: No spacefaring civilization be like, oh yeah, we're gonna tie the entire operation of the ship to one individual, what? so if something goes wrong, you're <laughs> all screwed. <laughs> yeah, absolute nonsense. Also, why did no one come looking for them, like following? Like when a plane crashes, we go like say, okay, we had its flight plan, we'll go follow it or whatever. This is crazy.
0: Yeah, and I I think. I have a feeling the future books are going to get into this more. I could be totally wrong. Um, Just some of the clues that have been dropped along the way. But I don't have any more information for you about what happened with this ship.
1: <laughs> That's the dumbest thing. I'm, I'm sorry. Like I appreciate the author like trying to build a really detailed world here, but there is no way. There were so many better ways have technical difficulties well, ground this ship. <laughs>
0: if it makes it any better, there is a suggestion in one of the later novels, just one of the more recent ones that I've read, that the ship is not 100% accurate in what it's saying.
1: So maybe the ship is an unreliable narrator. Narrator,
0: correct. So, I mean, I'm curious. Kind of. That, I'm actually sort of curious where that goes in the story, if it goes anywhere okay. at all.
1: That would be really interesting if The ship was like, is like a hell situation where they like, killed the crew and stranded them on this planet. <laughs> yeah, who knows? And that would be cool. Okay, if that happens, I take back everything I said about this. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, author. I apologize for doubting you. If that yeah. happens,
0: yeah, I don't know what happens, but I I'll be curious. So this happened 287 years ago, supposedly.
1: 287 years. That's it? And yeah, completely... I know. That's what
0: I said. These people already don't know anything about yeah. their ancestors when they supposedly live hundreds of years.
1: They live hundreds of years, so they're like maybe one general. Where is the kui makes them live hundreds of years? Regardless. They had to get those Kui immediately to survive on this planet as stipulated. Mm -hmm. And so there may be at most one generation or two generations out from when this ship crash landed. They've already erased it from their cultural memory.
0: Yeah, that's what actually prompts some of the women later to question what the computer is saying. Because they find out that the the other alien species lives quite a long time. And then they're like, well, then wait a second. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like, <laughs> yeah, also, that's not enough time for someone to, like, biologically adapt to the, like, evolution is a slow process, even if they have alien parasites inside of them.
0: Well, apparently not, Sam. So, the logbook records 62 passengers and one pilot, and many died before accepting the symbiote, computer says. And Georgie's like, uh, what symbiote? Because, again, we, we know way more than they do.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm just saying, it's it's so nice that she has an exposition computer to help her. It
0: does. <laughs> this is, like, a big info dump, literally. So apparently this planet has an element in its atmosphere that is toxic to some species, including humans and sock. It is a gas element similar to nitrogen that has not yet been discovered by humans as it does not exist there.
1: Uh, I'm going to call BS on that because <laughs> we've already got 118 elements and the endless ability probably is not going to exist with another gas element like that. <laughs>
0: Well, apparently, Sam, once the humans reach toxic levels of this magical element, their bodies will shut down. And the sock exists in mutualistic symbiosis with a creature they refer to as the cooey.
1: Yeah, I got that. My (laughs) question is, why does a cooey want the alien sock? I mean, I'm sure we'll get into that, but all right.
0: So to sum up, they need the cooey or they're going to die. And the original uh, sock that landed there lasted eight days before dying. So they don't have much time.
1: Uh-huh. Why, from a writing perspective, do we need a secondary threat of this toxic element when we already have the current and very real threat of the cold? Like, we already have them all going to die if they don't get the cooey because of the cold. Why do we need a secondary threat?
0: I think probably because they could just stay in the caves with a the fire. They'd be fine, potentially. Or get lots of warm things and walk outside if they want to. It's not like people don't live in really frigid environments on Earth. So,
1: basically, just to make sure that you absolutely have to get that yes, gooey. Yes, you in absolutely
0: you. have to get the gooey. <laughs> Otherwise, there's no plot.
1: <laughs> All right. I mean, I'm still dubious, but sure.
0: I didn't really overthink it at the time, Sam, I'll be honest.
1: <laughs> Again, that's what I'm here for, Danielle. Do the overthinking you didn't.
0: <laughs> so, to sum up, they. Oh. Never mind, I already said that.
1: <laughs> all right, fast forward to the info dump. Let's go.
0: <laughs> so for the computer, the Kui modifies its host. This is a quote. Genetically modified Kui symbiotes are altered to perform at lower temperatures and to filter the chemicals from the air that the body cannot process. It improves the host's recovery from wounds and sickness, and it ensures procreation of viable offspring.
1: I'm not sure about any of that, but go. all right, I'm not going to argue the biology.
0: <laughs> the I'm computer. not a biologist. I don't know. <laughs> the computer confirms that once the Kui is implanted, they basically can't leave. Like, if they take the out. They need another Cooey to survive. If they don't take the Cooey, they die. It's a catch-22. Got it. So she realizes that she's either stuck there forever, or the green men are going to come back very soon and take them away. And they must know that the girls can't survive long there. I mean, if they can only survive a week or so, then they'll aliens should be back any day.
1: I want to revisit my previous statement that the aliens should have left this thing in orbit instead yeah. of crashing on the planet. because Better option. Either the aliens didn't know this planet was toxic to these people when they crash landed here, so they're not in any hurry to get back to you ladies, so put that out of your mind. <laughs> or they didn't know, and they're idiots for putting you down here in the first place.
0: Yeah, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> So she's super distressed that she can't communicate any of this with Bechdel, and she asks the computer if it can translate for her. Wait, wait, and, wait, wait,
1: wait. Why did they bring Kira?
0: Um, Oh, they left Kira in the ship in case the aliens returned, so that she would know that that was potentially going to happen. It might give them a leg up, just like they did originally.
1: I think it should be more useful as a translator for this rescue mission, but what do I know?
0: Yeah, well, here we are. And she... Ask the computer if they can translate. If it can translate for the computer, says they can. Uh, or she can learn the sock dialect if she prefer. And apparently, the computer can perform a one time linguistic upload.
1: One time like, yeah. to one person, or like, like it only takes one once.
0: time to a person per but person. But I can't like, do one it for any per other person. people. No, one time per person. Per
1: person, okay. But she (laughs) can only upload one language. It can't, like, be like, hey, let me give you all the languages in my database.
0: No, apparently you can learn multiple languages, but we don't get into that until another book. (laughs) Okay. Then why is it called a one-time upload? Apparently you can do multiple times. I think it just means that, like, you can only – I think it means that you can only do – you can do as many languages as you want one time. I – Why would you ever offer less
1: than the maximum number of languages?
0: I don't know, but it seemed – I mean, we'll get into it in a second. She obviously accepts it, but she does black out afterwards, and it seems like it's a longer – Well, what else is new? Yeah, it's a (laughs) longer process if it's multiple languages, like it could hurt hurt your brain or whatever for whatever reason.
1: It's so convenient she has this Matrix language upload machine. Oh my god,
0: this is the most convenient thing in the entire book. They use it a the lot. Ship. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so... Wait, that makes Kira
1: redundant, so get rid of her.
0: <laughs> well, we'll get there. She chooses the option, that option, obviously, as all people would and the computer I, don't know doesn't. If I
1: would i would like some alien like spaceship like <laughs> monkey in my brain without some more invested like, is this safe is compatible?
0: Like, and that's how you get taken down by little green men and taken back to planets to be no, sold as a sex how, life like, don't get like
1: an alien computer virus in my brain <laughs> okay
0: sam uh just you have to assume that if you're on this planet the simplest so- and best solution is probably the the correct one that will not kill you
1: well, I mean, the ship can translate for her anyway. Why don't I just use the translation of the ship and worry about, like, don't immediately jump to, oh, yeah, upload to my brain, because that's the thing
0: okay well here we are sam i'm
1: just saying she dives in like we like you said earlier she assumes she can't get pregnant from the alien she assumes that this is a totally safe procedure for human beings like she makes a lot of assumptions
0: i mean the computer does say that it would work on a human <laughs>
1: oh yeah i trust this computer that sure i mean we have no like, maybe she asked a few more questions of this computer like how does it know it'd be safe on a human has ever been done before okay obviously
0: would ask a lot more questions and she chooses this option. The computer does a retinal scan and then she blacks out.
1: <laughs> okay, great. Her head injury probably not going to help with her learning this language.
0: <laughs> so Fechtel's super upset because he's very confused by what's going on, obviously. He doesn't understand anything that's happening. Um, They don't have any technology. And the computer voice basically was like, calm down. Like, she'll be up in a little bit. I'm going to go into hibernation mode. If you need anything, let me know.
1: <laughs> great. What a helpful computer.
0: The computer tells him what's going on.
1: Yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, so so nice, that computer. Good bedside manner.
0: <laughs> so when she comes to, she can understand and speak his language. Yay!
1: Yay! Well, that's one <laughs> obstacle put in front of a protagonist <laughs> that's immediately overcome and inconsequential.
0: The funny part about this particular obstacle is, yeah, it's super helpful for the plot and everything, but it's also something that she could have overcome on her own if she would just studied the language.
1: <laughs> right, like, this seems like it's... is a. Uh, lazy is, uh, is what I'm looking for. Like, just a lazy way to let them overcome this obstacle. Like, why even 100%. produce it in the first place?
0: It's great. It's, like, literally the entire purpose of the spaceship, as far as I can tell.
1: At least initially.
0: So, she, he's shocked but thrilled that he can finally communicate with his, you know, chosen mate. <laughs> she explains, chosen? There's no choosing Non-chosen <laughs> mate. His cooey chosen mate. And she explains the whole spaceship computer thing, and they kind of catch up with each other's where they are. And he mentions her being his mate. And she explains, like, no, no, I'm not your mate, because humans choose their own mates. And he thinks that's kind of preposterous. And he even worse, he finds out that like, she may not stay if she can get off the planet. She may not stay on his planet. (laughs) He's very upset by this.
1: I mean, I'm assuming if she takes the cooey into her. And again, that phrase is awful. (laughs) That she'll not be able to survive on a different planet with that parasite.
0: Right. So, I mean, she hasn't decided whether or not she's going to take the cooey. Well, she has like three days to figure it out. Yeah. Well, I know, but she's still not 100% sure. Okay. So they decide instead of staying at the ship cave thing that they're going to go ahead and just climb down the rest of the mountain for to get back to the uh, tribe that night because the timing's even tighter than they thought it was. And on the way there, she contemplates how, how it would be an easier decision if it was just her alone because she'd miss her Earth friends and family, but she already likes Spectal and she could imagine a life with him there. So she's on board for staying. Obviously. That is
1: wild. Like, I know. I know people it's have been, trouble like, like deciding to move across the country, much less, <laughs> oh, let me just set up a camp on this alien planet.
0: <laughs> yeah, she's totally fine with it.
1: <laughs> wild.
0: I know. But she can't make that decision for everyone, and she has no idea what their tribe is like or how the aliens will treat the others, et cetera, et cetera. And so she decides, like, obviously she has to do what's better for the whole as opposed to what she would do herself. And as they approach their destination, they come across another another sock named Rah- Rahash, R-A-A-H-O-S-H, Rahash.
1: Sure. Who- <laughs> I, I gave up on science fiction names
0: <laughs> many, many years ago. <laughs> who approaches your fantasy names yeah. he approaches them thinking that Bechtel might uh, need help with his hunt but realizes quickly that there's like a weird humanoid creature with him and that his friend is purring which I don't know if I specifically said earlier but he purrs when he resonates
1: <laughs> this is getting grosser and grosser with it's everything like, you add purr is
0: not the right word for it like that's not really what it is but it's like it's an actual like vibrational thing inside of his chest so essentially purring
1: ugh why is this book so gross <laughs>
0: and it means he's resonated with someone like they only make that noise when their cooies resonated with someone
1: i want to be clear also i mean i don't know if the sex is gross or not we haven't talked about that I and mean, who cares but like everything around it just feels kind of like weirdly saccharine and gross
0: <laughs> yeah, well apparently uh millions of people disagree with you since the book's very popular sam
1: <laughs> i didn't say gross things weren't popular daniel i mean look at the internet that's very clearly that's the case super true.
0: So Rahash kind of takes this all in stride. He congratulates him on finding his mate, and he's clearly super jealous about the whole thing.
1: Because she's a hottie, because apparently everything loves
0: these humans. I don't think anybody cares whether or not these humans are actually attractive. Wild. (laughs) And vice versa. He tells them that there are five others, and at no point does she ever point out that there are six others with them, even though now she can speak his language.
1: (laughs) This is a great time to explain everything!
0: (laughs) Wild. Wild. So Rahosh asks if the humans can resonate, and he explains that they have no cooey, hence their non-glowing eyes. But he resonated to one, so perhaps the others might get lucky too. And Georgie's like, uh, no. No, 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 no. This is not a matchmaking convention. No one has to mate unless they agree to mate. Like, that's the only time there will be mating.
1: And But they're all going to agree to mate, obviously.
0: Well, yeah. Stories. 22 stories, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. But Vectel promises that that will be like the decree because he's the tribe leader. Like he'll make that happen.
1: How convenient.
0: Yes. Well, he's a very
1: young tribe leader. <laughs> Either that or he's very old and this is very uncomfortable.
0: Uh, no, I think he's just kind of normal aged, like not inappropriate aged.
1: But like don't those species live hundreds of years and so maybe he's like 85 or whatever.
0: I don't. Um, the book does get into a bunch of like ages of people and I don't remember his age to be honest. Okay. So Rahosh, Rahosh, ra I don't know. It's confused. Raosh, <laughs> Raosh is confused because resonance is like the be all end all. So this like, is a the, very
1: one track mind culture.
0: This particular dude, and, and like he, he gets it, I think he's in the next book. He's very one track mind. And Georgie points out that humans don't resonate. So really, the rules don't apply to them. And even if they end up doing so, they still get a choice. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Yep. That's their culture. The cavern where they live is spacious, um, and they have like a heated spring in the center of it. So when she goes inside, she's like, ooh, this is such a nice little cavern.
1: Well, That's why they need the alien element to make them have to get the gooey.
0: Yeah. And everybody has a nice little caves, you know, kind of span off the cavern where they can have their own homes. So they walk in, and everybody stops what they're doing, all surprised by this alien creature, which makes sense. There are no other alien creatures yeah. on this planet, as far as we know. <laughs> Finally. And Vectal gives this impassioned speech about how it doesn't matter what she looks like, and he loves her, and thinks she's beautiful, and he resonated with her, so everybody needs to suck it up and deal with the fact that there are some humans now.
1: (laughs) Sure. I don't I'm not gonna I've already said my piece about this let's move on
0: (laughs) so everybody's really excited by this story and seems welcoming enough obviously you know staring at her kind of like what are you and he takes her to the healer to check out her wrist and her other bruises and everything the healer is a very nice woman who really can't do much for her because her healing is tied into the cooey so apparently she has a magic one I don't know why and her cooey can call on (laughs) other cooey's to encourage them to work stronger and heal faster so she like heals them from the inside out
1: so she's basically healing them with the power of motivation
0: yeah like with her gooey like her gooey vibe like doesn't resonate but it like i don't know hey, like you can do it i believe <laughs> in you heal those wounds
1: like yeah this is all right whatever
0: but it's kind of like it's like they always describe like the glow or whatever the sensation and like it makes them heal faster is what it does great yeah i don't know sam she's just really optimistic i guess
1: <laughs> i believe in you Kui. <laughs>
0: I'd be great at that job.
1: (laughs) Well, get yourself a cooey, Danielle, and go find some aliens to bang and have a good time.
0: (laughs) It could be worse. Georgie asks (laughs) about the cooeyes if she remembers getting one, if it hurts. You know, all the questions one probably should be asking about getting a parasite planted into your body. And she tells her that she doesn't remember it because all the sock children are born without cooeyes and are vulnerable until they reach four days of age. And then the tribe hunts for the sock coats the giant creatures and transfers a cooey to the child
1: sure all right that's all gibberish nonsense to me
0: (laughs) so they have to wait four days so the child's strong enough to accept it apparently i don't know day four is the magic day
1: (laughs) i i hate to hear how they figured that one out
0: (laughs) So it's rare that one dies in adulthood and has to be replaced that it hasn't happened in her lifetime. And she says you can't feel it in there. It's kind of like an organ. It's not like you know that it's there unless you're resonating and then it makes that weird vibrational purring noise. And they apparently better hope
1: Georgie's resonates with Yeah, vegetables. wouldn't that be funny?
0: That'd <laughs> like, yeah,
1: be so piped you got one. was like, I'm not into this guy. <laughs>
0: And apparently this resonance is super strong and always picks the best mate. So there you go. Again, this raises
1: the point, why is his Kui resonating with someone who doesn't have a Kui? And if she gets a Kui, isn't it just so convenient that it does happen to resonate with him, even though he was already resonating with her before she had a Kui? Like, the whole resonance thing doesn't make any sense.
0: I I mean we'll get a little bit more into the cooies in a little bit. It explains them, sort of. It explains like why it, maybe it's resonating for her without a cooey, sort of. Maybe. We'll see.
1: But I also just really want her to get a cooey that does not reciprocate.
0: That never happens. I think if you resonate with someone, they will resonate with you. Like I don't But think
1: she doesn't have a cooey yet. So like she has to pick the right one.
0: Yeah, we'll get I don't think Sam, that it does it's not like when she gets a cooey, it's not like they walk up and go like, you know, like tarot cards where you put your hands out. You, like, pick the one that, like, vibrates with you or something. They literally just pull the parasite out and, like, stick it in her. Like, I don't think I it know. matters which one she picks.
1: <laughs> so, but my point is, like, so I guess I'm not understanding what is the resonance based on what the cooey wants or what the host wants.
0: We'll get there. Okay. A little bit. So Vacdal gets a group together to go to the ship and he chooses all unmated hunters, which
1: uh really stacking the deck there, buddy, and also gross.
0: Like part of it I think is because that's usually who goes out to like hunt and stuff like that, is because they don't have mates at home to take care of, right? Which makes sense. But also it's like partly because he wants them to have the chance to resonate and I was like uh.
1: this is so gross. I, I I keep saying that, but like, it's icky.
0: <laughs> kind of, maybe. It's not like necessarily portrayed that way in the story as being I know. particularly icky. The concept, though, is a little icky.
1: That's what I'm more saying. It's yeah. like, I'm not saying it's like, oh, I, I'm, I'm feeling nauseous. Like, this whole thing just feels uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> I think the author knows that because there's a lot of conversation around the women having Consent. Consent. And so Economy. I think, yeah, and so I think that's like how she tries to balance the fact that the whole concept is much more non-consensual in some okay. ways. All right. I'll trust you on that. And they're all in love, Sam. It doesn't matter.
1: Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> love with the alien barbarians.
0: You just kind of have to spend disbelief in a lot of this. <laughs>
1: Look, I have suspended disbelief so high, Danielle, that I don't know how much, if it's already like in orbit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that night, Sam, they are in his cave, the one that he owns, and they have sex there. And after they have sex, Georgie asks why his his purring, his resonance, like turns off because it stops after they do the deed. And he says that it's basically, it's satisfied for the time being, but will continue to, to make that noise even after the kit arrives, K-I-T. And she's like, kit, like a baby kit? Oh, uh, <laughs> You should
1: have asked him about this earlier,
0: <laughs> dum-dum. She's like, I can't have your baby. I'm an alien. Like, you're an alien. And he's confused, thinking she understood how this all worked. And apparently that's how a kui chooses. It determines who will bear the best children. So offspring only come through a cooey mating. Like, if they're resonating, that's- But she doesn't they're... have a cooey. I know, Sam. But we'll. <laughs> I think it pregnant. resonates with her because she's like a fertile female who's a good match for him biologically. Yeah.
1: But like, I thought the both Kui have to reciprocate the the feeling because you never you have a situation. You would sister-
0: think so. Sam. You're never going to get figure this out in this book because it does not explain it. <laughs>
1: does it ever explain is my question.
0: Uh, no.
1: <laughs> okay, great. I'm saying it doesn't make any sense.
0: <laughs> so she's freaking out asking if he resonated with her because his Kui decided he could make her pregnant. Like, it's like a good pregnancy match. And he's like, yeah, it only responds to matching fertile females. And she's obviously upset by this news, but- She's not entirely sure what to do about it at this point. Like, if she's pregnant, she's pregnant. There's not really much she can do about it.
1: (laughs) I I mean, was she even, like, I hate to bring this up, but like, where was she in her menstrual cycle? Like, this is all questions she could figure out.
0: Yeah, she just, she has that thought in the book as well. Okay. But apparently, I don't wonder if they have menstrual cycles. That would be interesting. I don't think it ever women? I would assume they do. No, I mean the women, yes, but I'm talking about the aliens. aliens.
1: Again, this is a question about their compatibility <laughs> that this book just glosses
0: over. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't remember if they mentioned whether or not the aliens have periods or not. Maybe they do.
1: Like pregnancy and reproduction is an insanely complicated process, even for humans who are intended to reproduce with each other biologically. Like I can't imagine how much more complicated it would be of the aliens.
0: Well, not that hard, apparently. <laughs> <Of course>. So, <laughs> so- it's like a horror book now. <laughs> the next morning on their trip, they uh, they all go back to get the girls. And they stop at the Elder's Cave that night and a few of the, the Sakui, the, the aliens, learn English through the computer. And, That's nice of them. Yeah, I know. Convenient. And they head towards the ship. And when they make it, they find that all the women are very weak. So I'm assuming all that sex is keeping Georgie healthy. I don't know what else <laughs> would be.
1: Right. Cause it, it, now we don't know that it's a toxic gas in the atmosphere that is poisoning them. So why is her sex somehow protecting her from toxic yeah, gas? Yeah. Like, and
0: she's getting weaker, but not like the book does not expound. Like, these women are like super weak and they get better when they like eat and are around the fire a little bit. Like, it seems to suggest that being able to take care of oneself makes them a little healthier, but they're also like, I mean, they're, they, like, as you said, they have food. They're just sitting there, like you they're think not, that they're not like they- out in the
1: cold in the elements, yeah, I'm doing like it's really weird. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: they should be like as healthy as Georgie, approximately.
0: Did he not leave them stuff to make a fire? I don't know. <laughs> I mean,
1: if they were freezing enough in the ship, that I mean, I don't think they were.
0: I think they were pretty cold in the ship, but he left a bunch of the furs and stuff behind. Yeah, and you think he would have left fire stuff? Like you think they'd be okay? But apparently, they're pretty weak. So all right, all- sure. <laughs> so all the men clamber down and get to work, and though she hears, she hears one of the the aliens resonating, but she can't figure out who it is, and it kind of like turning on and off kind of thing. And yuck, yeah, I you know. And she tells the girls they have to talk after they get situated.
1: Look, they're going to be all <laughs> horned up for you <laughs> yes. and boy, let me tell you, it's great.
0: <laughs> So fire, food's all set up. Georgie tells everybody to, like, clear out so that she can talk to the other women. And she gives them the rundown about the cooey, which they all call cooties, which I thought was funny. Um, <laughs> <That's
1: right. laughs>
0: resonance, the spaceship. She, you know, tells them they have their their options. These are their options, Sam. They can obviously either get the cooey and survive on the planet. Or they can fight the aliens when they return and probably die. <laughs>
1: Why fight the aliens? Why not just t- try to get the ship off the planet?
0: Well, I think that ship is also like covered in b- giant piles of ice, so I think not sure it's the most likely option to get them off.
1: So, but why would fight the aliens even be an option? Like, the option is get the Kui... Or die. Because even if you fight the aliens and win, you're still going to die.
0: Well, if they fight the aliens and win, they can take over their ship. Or they can hold them hostage and potentially get back to Oh, you mean Earth. the
1: green aliens. The
0: green aliens. Sorry. I yes.
1: thought you meant – so, there's <laughs> so many aliens in this book, Danielle. <laughs> Sorry.
0: I meant the green aliens. When they come back for them, they can fight them.
1: Yeah, but they have to get back in like a day or they're, they're going to die anyway.
0: Right. So, these are their options, Sam.
1: Your <laughs> options are get the cooey or die. That's the only option. <laughs> I don't like, know the where they're talking about is. the aliens.
0: They all agree that they're too weak to fight anyway, so it doesn't matter. And even if they did somehow take over the little green men's ship, they probably wouldn't actually make it home, so... No kidding. Yeah. They decide How many that- of
1: you are, are versed in astral navigation?
0: <laughs> so, they just... Well, if it's just like the other ship and you just say, hey, take me to Earth, you'd probably be fine.
1: <laughs> well, we don't know if that ship works that way or not, because apparently it can't fly without a genetically bonded captain. <laughs>
0: Well, maybe you just get, you know, your body scoped and you're fine. It's just like a, like a retinal scan. Yeah, okay, sure. Then why you have a pilot? I don't know, Sam. Okay. They do not get into the ship flying specifics in this book. So they ask Georgie what she wants to do because she hasn't given her opinion. And she admits that she's a little biased because she's quite possibly pregnant. And also she kind of likes the guy that she's with and the people Ugh. seem nice. And she kind of wants a huge to stay bombshell. on the planet.
1: <laughs> that, like, you're alien pregnant? Like, is that not something that like blows
0: their mind? Yeah, they all, like, freak it out a little bit about it, but nobody seems could, nobody seems overly concerned about the fact that she's, like, pregnant with an alien baby. Like, that's not the part that weirds them out, just that, like, she got pregnant so quickly.
1: Can she survive <laughs> alien pregnancy? Like, humans have trouble surviving human pregnancy. This is... Insane. Like, is the baby going to be, like, three like, – they're huge aliens. Maybe the baby's going to be too big for her. I, mean,
0: I don't know, Sam. <laughs> this is, these are questions that need to be answered. And they do kind of get into the pregnancy stuff a little bit later in different books, but, like, not to that extent, no. Oh. <laughs> So they decide to stay as a group, and they also decide to wake up the girls in the tubes. But first, they have to warn the guys that there are, like, more girls. And this is where I got mad, because I'm like, they didn't bring supplies for 12 humans. They brought supplies for six. So these poor 12 girls are going to have to walk through the snow, because you didn't bother telling them back at camp that, like, oh, by the way, there are 12 girls, so please bring enough food and furs for 12 people.
1: (laughs) No, they Georgie really dropped the ball here. Absolute clown show.
0: Yeah, and it even mentions like they don't have enough stuff for everybody. I'm like, Georgie's fault. If they die, it is her fault. Everything's on her. Their
1: their blood is on her hands.
0: (laughs) Crazy. Like everybody's kinda laughing about the idea of having to tell the guys that there's six more girls because they know how excited they are about there being just six six women. So there's gonna be like insane that it's gonna be 12. So Vectel, of course, is thrilled that they're staying, but even more thrilled that there are like six others. And he tells his men to be extra kind and patient since they'll be worse off having no idea what's going on. Like they're gonna be brand new little babies. What
1: an awful thing to wake up to.
0: Yeah. Well, Hi, I'm alien pregnant. Welcome to this planet. (laughs) (laughs) And they do mention that a lot. Like this is gonna be really hard on these people. And like I said, I think in the last episode, there's a lot of not a lot, but there is mention of the tension later on in the in the books about like the people who had to survive all this and the people who just got popped out of the little tubes are like, here you go.
1: I mean if I was one of the people in the tubes, I would have been like, instead of putting the alien parasite in, like, waking me up so I'd be have to be exposed to the alien parasite, leave me in the tube until you have a viable escape plan. Maybe get that ship dug out and then give me the option to leave.
0: Yeah, but nobody thinks of that.
1: <laughs> they make those decisions for them. It's unconscionable.
0: Well, they don't make the decision for them so much as when they come out, Georgie does say to the to Vectel and the others that if they don't want to the cooey they don't have to get the cooey like that's not a requirement but then they will die like they have to well maybe they could have gone back into the tube sam but nobody chose to operate do that those tubes <laughs> well they managed to open them so yes
1: <laughs> okay i'm still i don't there's just a
0: giant press button on the front sam i don't know
1: <laughs> it's like 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 on those jersey click any it, it pops in and pops out exactly okay
0: <laughs> so They release all the women. It kind of jumps ahead. There's a lot of crying, blah, blah, blah. They explain everything that's going on. And Bechtel tells them all that they are leaving the next day because they have to hunt a sock coats and find cooies for all the women or they're going to die. Yep, sounds (laughs) good. (laughs) Liz says that they, you know, the girls, in particular the ones that were just released, need some more time. They haven't decided yet. When Kira suddenly yelps and covers her ear and Georgie grabs at her arm because apparently the tracker, remember the trackers that were in their arms?
1: Are the aliens coming back just now and the radio transmitted down to Kira saying hey we're coming for you
0: yeah i don't they didn't quite say to kira but somehow she picked up on some transmission because magic
1: i I hate that
0: (laughs) (laughs) and georgie grabs her arm because the tracker hurts as they're tracking which doesn't make any sense
1: (laughs) none of this alien technology makes any sense
0: none of like, this, that's exactly what i was thinking when i read this i'm like none of this makes sense
1: <laughs> the ship doesn't make sense with its you know genetically bonded pilot the trackers don't make any sense the none of this none of this makes any sense
0: <laughs> well regardless <laughs> the aliens are on their way back oh no And it's-
1: But now they have an army they can use to fight them.
0: Yeah. Okay. I also had that thought. No, that's not what happens. So they-
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do they even consider that option? Or are they like, nah?
0: No, not once. And I mean, to be fair, I feel like the men probably would do that. But I also think the men would die very quickly because they have guns, the aliens, and they have knives. (laughs)
1: Yeah, but like the other aliens aren't expecting. You can like have the women stay in the ship and then ambush them.
0: Absolutely. But No. None of that happens. Maybe they'd use a tractor beam. Maybe they wouldn't even come down, Sam. doesn't matter.
1: Well, they dump the cargo pod. They'd have to retrieve the women in the tubes, at least, because they don't expect them to be free.
0: Yeah. I don't know, man. So, nothing. Uh, doesn't happen. <laughs> Nobody ever talks about a war. Maybe later. Maybe in one of the ten books I haven't read. Twelve books I haven't read.
1: I'm just saying, they, they give up to say, oh, yeah, Alien Parasite is like, my only option real quick.
0: Yeah. And uh, the aliens don't come back in this book, spoiler, so we don't get to see any of that anyway. So what was this transmission then? <laughs> well, they're on their way back and everybody's like, okay, we got to go like right now. We don't have time to like wait this out. So and it
1: takes them like months or years to get back?
0: No, it takes them, we mean the takes some, to go back to the-
1: The aliens, like they, they don't return for the women for like months. No,
0: they return in either the second or the third book. Sure. Oh, like oh they're so on I mean, their way.
1: I guess I'm confused what the timeline of this book is, because I assume she would go through her entire pregnancy in this book.
0: No. No. It's almost done. Sam, oh. yeah, the book's almost done. <laughs> oh, this is a very abrupt ending.
1: I, I, I did not expect this to be such a like, I warned like,
0: oh, you in the first one that it did not resolve all of the plot lines in the story. It didn't
1: say it didn't resolve any of the major plot lines. I thought it would resolve the major does. one, but leave some it dangling does. threads. Okay, there's a couple she, She's of- impregnated. That's a huge plot line. It's like the main plot line now.
0: It's not the main, well, it is now, but it's just like the last 20% of the book that she's possibly pregnant. You don't even know for sure that she's pregnant.
1: I, I, I refute your notions to stand alone when 90% of the introduced plot lines do not get resolved.
0: Okay, but all of the girls like, okay, we're gonna resolve some of the stuff in just a minute, Sam. <laughs>
1: okay, sure. Bring it. All right. It's but resolved. the aliens coming
0: back? No, that's not resolved. And the stuff that just dropped like in the last little bit here, no, is not resolved. That's obviously for future books.
1: You mean all the stuff that dropped like the whole idea of integrating into an alien culture, finding alien lovers, none of that gets resolved. Oh uh, no. <laughs> yeah, so my point stands that nothing is resolved in this book, pretty much. The only thing that's resolved is they decide to stay on the planet, which is not much of a resolution. But like, it's a resol- that is I the feel start like a- of a story, I not the like end of I feel like it's the it.
0: resolution of the initial plot line, is that these girls are dropped on a planet. What happens to them, you find out in this book. You don't find out in the book. You find well, you out, find what, out they what, what they start to de- do. Yeah, what they decide they're going to do. They make some kind D- yeah, of decisions yeah, in this book. This whole book is like a prologue. <laughs> sort of, but, you know, I'm here for your questions, Sam. I can answer what happens in the
1: future. (laughs) I just – I do not buy any of that. This is – I again, I dispute that this is a a fairly standalone book if nothing is resolved.
0: Okay. Well, it's standalone for Georgie's story, though, because she's just a side character in every single other book. Her whole pregnancy, like that
1: whole experience, becoming an an alien bride, like none of that is – Yeah, because you follow other
0: characters in the future that get pregnant and you more follow their pregnancies and like Georgie at some point gives birth. Like it's not – I feel like this book does does very little plot. <laughs> <laughs> I never said there was a ton of plot in this book, Sam. So yeah.
1: Danielle, how much sex did you skip so far? Because I don't know, have you mentioned good, like, all the sex scenes or did you just did you just skip over a few without mentioning that they were I there? I
0: skipped a couple, but because, like the sex scenes are several pages usually. And so like, yeah, I've skipped a bunch of the book in terms of like they had sex, okay. but really it was four I, pages of sex.
1: Because it feels like everything else just feels paper thin.
0: <laughs> well, I know, but he said this was a heavy duty plot line, Sam. Okay. <laughs> That's part of the fun of why this book is insane is because like nothing's explained. <laughs> okay great All but right, you sorry. do Go have on. 21 other books to explain more of this world building and how well, things work I,
1: I, that's my point like, I do not feel these are I, like I feel like there is so much of a plot that is not explained this is hardly stand on I'm, I'm just <laughs> going to put that out there unless you're only reading it for the smut which is fine
0: well yeah but I meant a standalone in terms of Georgie's story you want to know Georgie's story this is Georgie's story <laughs> but her story isn't even resolved in this
1: one like, I feel like there's so much more to her story like, the, the story is thing obviously being-
0: that she gets together with a guy Sam not that she gets pregnant and gives birth that's like a whole thing <laughs>
1: i mean that is a, a horrible story hey women your entire purpose is to meet a man like that is it's a romance awful story. book
0: that's literally the plot of the romance
1: sam <laughs> but like you can't introduce like I understand in, like, Cinderella, for instance, when the entire story is her getting out of this life, finding a better place for herself, and the ending is her getting together with the prince. Like, that is the culmination of that arc of her finding to a better life. George is not doing that. This story does not, I think, make that same arc happen. Like, her story is immediately, oh... I am trying to integrate into an alien society. I have an alien lover. I have to navigate the complexities of alien pregnancy. Like, all of those things feel like those are the story now. And yeah, the fact weird. that it just drops like- that as, as soon as she's <laughs> – uh, oh, she decides to stay and have sex with the alien. And everything else we've talked about, the spaceship, the alien crash landing, her being on another planet, none of that matters.
0: Well, it all matters, but it's, like, carried through for the rest of the, the women yeah, but and their stories.
1: Her. All right. I just, I just don't feel like – Like, her story is very complete. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) That's okay. You don't have to feel like it's very complete. (laughs) Are you ready? Can I finish? Yeah. Okay, sure. (laughs) Are you sure? I'm sorry.
1: I just... (laughs) I was... I was convinced you had another hour worth of book to talk about. No. (laughs) Wild.
0: Okay, so they cut out all the trackers, Sam, and they drop them in the nearest Metlock cave, which is funny. And as they're trudging through the tundra, a hunter runs forward telling them that a herd of sock coats is in the valley. Convenient. It isn't being convenient, though. I just think they're around sometimes. So the women stay together as the men go to fight the saucos, and it's described as a thing with four glowing blue eyes, two sets stacked on top of one another, enormous tusks, and covered in long grayish shaggy fur.
1: Should they kill it and steal its parasite to put in themselves? Yep. Oh, that's awful. <laughs>
0: Isn't that terrible? It's awful. <laughs> and sometimes when we'll you get into this, because they, when they cut it open, they steal the parasites. There's a bunch of them in there, like dozens. And sometimes they just have one creature that needs one. <laughs> So they killed one, took, like, one out of all the dozens to put into one of their aliens.
1: This is like people who, like, kill sharks or, like, take their fins or cut the tusks of elephants. Like, this is awful.
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I have problems with the concept.
1: (laughs) No, it's not not okay. It's gross and weird.
0: So this is where Liz tells us that she wished she had a bow because she was a champion archer when she was a teenager. And you may remember my tirade in the first episode where legitimate, like she asks Georgie asks if anybody has any kind of survival you know, skills survival that could be skills, useful. and Liz says nothing, even though she was a hunter and apparently a bow champion in the
1: past. You know, absolutely irresponsible.
0: <laughs> so they take down the sacos and the woman come forward as Bechtel cuts open the belly of the beast and And inside is a shining blue organ, and he cuts that open as well. And the inside are dozens of thin, wriggling gossamer worms, is how they're described. And Georgie, as the leader, must step forward to it, or she knows no one else will. And Bechtel cuts open a small slice on her neck and feeds the worm into it, and she passes out again, as she does.
1: That head injury is really messing with her.
0: (laughs) It's like the fifth time she's passed out in this book. And when she awakens, she actually feels much better, and she's warmer, and she's like, you know, she can feel that she's healing. And And she's resonating. And she asks Vectel how it went, and he happily tells her that her eyes are glowing a beautiful shade of blue, and he tells her that all the girls got one, which seems unbelievable, but okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I have further questions about how these – are they – are Vectal's race mammals? Do they have, like, birth live young and breastfeed?
0: Uh Uh-huh. Yep, yep, Crazy. Okay. (laughs) They're basically humans with horns
1: (laughs) that are blue. So (laughs) convenient. Absolutely wild.
0: (laughs) And, oh, as they kiss, to her surprise, her chest begins to vibrate. She's resonating, Sam! Yeah,
1: I, I, yeah, of course. How convenient that her saw her cooey was conveniently resonating for him before she even had one.
0: But the story is literally just a romance between these two people. I don't know why you're surprised that it stops when their romance is, like, consummated.
1: <laughs> because, like, if it's just a romance between these two people, like, it doesn't end there. Like, the, it, the plot, their their romance barely exists in this book. Like, well, there's no okay. Courtship. I to be fair, there's I skipped no, over
0: a lot of their interactions because you know
1: <laughs> it's mostly sex. But like, there's no courtship. There's no like emotional growth. There's no like like it doesn't feel like a romance. It feels like a sci fi adventure with some sex that doesn't resolve any of the sci fi adventure stuff.
0: Yeah, but it does over the course of the series.
1: <laughs> I, I don't think it's standalone. I'm, I'm I'm sticking by that.
0: Okay, that's fine. I shouldn't have used the phrase. I apologize. Gave you um, unrealistic expectations.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I made some assumptions, obviously, but <laughs> I'm sticking by
0: it. I was Saying it's a standalone for Georgie's story because she does not come up as a main character again, at least in the next nine books.
1: I still think that's a weird decision, but <laughs> it's not my decision to make. I thought it was weird anyway. too, but here
0: we are. So, a couple of the others have resonated as well, but not many, and you don't really get anything about them. And apparently, in the hubbub, rahash snuck off with Liz, which Beckville is very upset by because it goes against the rules he put forth, and there will be. Heck to pay when he comes back. <laughs>
1: so he basically like kidnaps Liz.
0: He is. It's the next story in the book. We'll get. I'm not going to get into it. But yes.
1: <laughs> well, I'm going to ask you about it right now. Does he like kidnap her? And Does she like Stockholm syndrome? Start to love him?
0: Mm, okay, sort of.
1: You told me to ask you about the other book. No, so I was I'm trying to figure it.
0: out how to describe it. I, I want to go as far as Stockholm syndrome because she's very surly. Um, but
1: sort of. That's. You, no, no, that's a bad relationship. Like you don't kidnap somebody. Like, well, they'll love me if I kidnap them hard enough.
0: Which he learns quickly that that's not like the the but way she that ends should... up rewarding that behavior by falling in love them anyway. Yeah, but he feels bad about it later. Sam, that's the whole thing. Oh, that makes it okay. <laughs> It's
1: gross. I That's even I did say at story. the beginning
0: of this. I can say at the beginning of this book that like most of it's decent. There are certain parts that are very like questionable, but most of it's fairly strong in the terms of like f- feminists, whatever. All right,
1: I's mm, gross.
0: <laughs> I didn't say it was my favorite of all the stories. um Everybody is warmer and happier, and they settle down for the night. And Georgie and Bechtel finally give into the residence. They live happily ever after. The end. Sam. <laughs>
1: What a thing. BS I, <laughs> <but yes. laughs> I mean, I have no problem with the story as it is. I just it feels so again, since you skipped all the the actual like purpose of the book, which was the sex, and maybe if I read it I would feel that there was enough meat on the bones of this book to make it complete, but as it was summarized, it feels like there is so much left hanging.
0: I did uh stay very heavily on the plot of the book, which does not resolve, so I'll give it to you that it doesn't feel like it resolved. But there's a lot of time spent between Bechtel and Georgie. I agree that this probably is not the strongest of the series about in terms of like them getting to know each other outside of like having sex, I guess. Alright. I mean, that's cool. I just am so surprised that like all these things
1: happen and all the I that felt like there were no obstacles overcome for like their relationship.
0: Oh, there's not. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. That's my point. Like, it doesn't feel like there's anything that was done to grow like – like even the most basic rom-com, you have some kind of conflict between the, the leads that they have to resolve which makes their relationship stronger.
0: Sure. And I would say the future stories like definitely have – some of them do have that. Like some are stronger than others. But I had to start with this one, Sam, because it's like sure. if we ever do future ones, then you'll have have to know where it all started from
1: (laughs) no no, i get that but my point is like it doesn't feel like that romance story is complete because they didn't do anything that like there was no conflict just like oh they met and they're together and that's it the end
0: Yeah, that sounds about right
1: Right. That just feels like nothing to me. That feels like not a story. It's not a story. There's no story there. It's not interesting. There's no challenges. Like, the only thing that differentiates this book is that it's science fiction-y and that they have, like, it's an alien she's having sex with. And if it wasn't for the pornography, it would be, there'd be nothing there. There'd be no there there.
0: (laughs) There's an entire plot in the background, Sam. It's fine. It's very background. (laughs) It's driving all those stuff forward, so it's not that background. (laughs) Yeah, but none of that gets resolved, so... It does in the next couple of books, it's fine. The aliens come back shortly. Great. Anyway, that was, um,
1: something. Wow. (laughs) I, again, I don't think that erotica needs to have a purpose beyond being erotica. That's fine, and I, I'm just being pedantic on this book because it's shocking. Fun. Yeah, I've I said many times before, and to be always clear, people don't come to our podcast for just summaries or insightful discussions. They come for the pedantry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> must be it.
1: I, I can't think of another reason anyone would be here because we have nothing else to offer. <laughs>
0: How are you going to follow that up, Sam? What are you going to follow it up with?
1: I don't know, Danielle. I've been thinking about something, but I'm a little afraid to bring that to this podcast. Really? Boy. I, w- I yeah. willingly
0: brought sci-fi erotica, and you're like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it, it is inti- – what I'm contemplating,
1: Danielle, is very intimidating, so – uh <laughs> Well, maybe we'll see it. Uh, it may take some, some time for me to figure out if this will work or not. But we'll see, Danielle. We shall see. I am impressed that you managed to one-up my robot romance novel, uh, <laughs> <Any> robot <time. laughs> Show, with something that's even weirder. So congratulations.
0: I try. I try really well hard. <laughs>
1: I am still horrified by the of what potential horrors await in the alien pregnancy parts of the books that we did not read. So
0: you didn't even ask about those. I could have told you more about the pregnancies.
1: Well I think unless they are dealing with the existential horror of, you know, having an alien parasite thing growing inside of you that may or may not be compatible with your anatomy. No, and may murder there's you, none kill of you. that. Right. Pregnancy is a complicated and dangerous thing for humans, and who's alien into it should make it more complicated and more dangerous.
0: Nope, there's no concern about the danger.
1: <laughs> That's weird. That's so weird to me. It's like an obvious <laughs> avenue for drama.
0: It does. And most of the drama is circled around like the the length of time that someone has to be pregnant, so they're not sure when they will give birth.
1: How long do they stay pregnant, Danielle? Is it like two years? Please say two years.
0: I think it's, I want to say it's, Two or three years for the alien species, but for the humans, it ends up being, like, over a year. That's insane. Yeah, it's a while. It's quite a while. A three-year pregnancy? What are they, blue whales? Jeez. (laughs) Like, it's a really long time for the alien species, but the humans don't end up being quite as long. It's kind of a mix. And again, I'm not a biologist.
1: But my understanding is that the length of a pregnancy is proportional to the size, like the actual like physical size of the species.
0: Which would make sense that it might be bigger or longer because they're bigger.
1: Yeah, but not like three years. Like elephants are bigger than humans and they don't go for three years pregnancy. <gasps>
0: it could be two years. I don't quite remember, Sam. How they <laughs> they to go for two years?
1: I think they're still, I don't know. Let me look up elephant uh, pregnancy. Give me a second. <laughs>
0: Things we find out on this podcast.
1: Okay, elephants are pregnant for 22 months. So almost two years. Almost two years, but
0: well, they're aliens. They are Sam. also
1: two ton animals, and I don't think the.
0: <laughs> no, <we'd, laughs> they're only yeah. seven feet tall. They're fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're a human to our seven feet tall, Danielle. It's not like exactly. they're outside of the bounds of normal human size. <laughs> but their babies are bigger. That would be so. How do they. Like, that seems like a deal breaker for me as a woman. Like, <laughs> pushing a human out sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Let me push out something even bigger than that. Like, how is that even physically going to work?
0: <laughs> I don't know, Sam. Ask the writer.
1: Does she, I mean, I, I just asked you, Daniel, who read this. Does she explain it? No. Okay, great. So there you go.
0: No. So far, I don't think anybody has. I don't think anybody's given birth, like in a way where you're reading about it. I think birth sort of happened, so like, happened so like, you kind of like in oh. the background. Yeah, I think there was. I know there's one birth scene, but I don't remember how specific it gets. I don't remember having any questions answered
1: like many of our stories Danielle, i am absolutely flummoxed by what this story (laughs) chooses to focus on and what elements it chooses to gloss over i
0: do not disagree which is why i thought you would enjoy it
1: (laughs) it's crazy it's weird well thank you daniel for introducing me to the world of ice planet barbarians literally the world of ice planet barbarians which i'll refuse to call by the name given to it in the book
0: (laughs) you're welcome anytime (laughs) we might circle back
1: People out there, if you would immediately accept alien, parasite, and pregnancy in your life, please let us know. We definitely want to hear from
0: you. (laughs) We just want to know.
1: please contact Danielle directly on our Twitter and uh, leave me out of it.
0: (laughs) You can also do Instagram or Facebook, I suppose.
1: (laughs) And if you want to do that, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, at Book Retorts.
0: You can also email Sam if you'd rather just circumvent me (laughs) at our email. at com. I'll
1: tell you right now if you do that I'm just gonna forward those to Danielle about looking at them
0: it's okay because we're still uh, desperately awaiting people to send us stuff from the robots
1: there is so much horror show that we are waiting to receive from <laughs> listeners uh, I can't even contemplate it right now but if you for some reason feel like you want to support more of this you can do so at <laughs> patreon.com slash bookretorts
0: bookretorts
1: no that's us
0: <laughs> patreon there you go <laughs> I'm supportive of both. Say so I'm G's.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to question your bone a few days. All right, well, I guess the horrors of alien pregnancy will have to remain abstract for now, but until next time. Bye.
0: Take care, everybody. <laughs>
1: What a horror show, Danielle. What a horror show. (laughs) You do so many horrifying concepts in that book that never get resolved.
0: I know. That's why I liked it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you so much for that, Danielle. I will have nightmares.
0: Good for you.